Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. No Bass and Brews podcast would be complete without my underwater robberies hat. You know that green one that I always wear? Well, you can pick that up at hooksethoodlums.com. One of the best teams out on the market right now, that Hookset Hoodlums team, and the gear is always on point. So make sure you go check them out. And remember, one passion, one team. I'm just waiting for the day Swamp Rat lips a bluefish or something and loses a thumb. messed it up hey oh i fixed it i'm in charge alex has <laughs> fingers he's he's four he's four foot two and he can't reach his phone it's okay guys alex what's up buddy what's up i'm alex with swamp rat fishing i've got the co-hostess with the mostest the jabber hammer paul roberts and this is another episode of bass and brews your weekly distraction from quality podcasts tonight Hopefully you guys can hear me. Um, the Motel 6 uh, saga is uh, taking a bad turn, and uh, Paul's already <laughs> instructed me. Uh, I, I mean, most of you guys know I'm from New Jersey. I, I move my hands and my body a lot, and I've been fully instructed not to move uh, because the Internet is fucking hot garbage. I know I cursed. <laughs> oh, no, no. We're over a minute. That's good. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so we have a, a fantastic guest. Not only do we have a fantastic guest – I think it was Paul probably, what, like six episodes ago, we talked about dream guests, and our guest is one of them. We've got Mikey Balls fishing on with us. Mikey, how are you, brother? I'm fucking muted like an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Started off hot, boys. I'm good, dude. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Yeah, all right. I, well, that's like, great. That's that's Mikey. Now we're gonna get Bog on for the rest of the yeah. Right. He's actually behind me, dude. Actually, if you hear some heavy breathing, so when I close my office door, there's like no fan in here, and I got a giant computer under me, dude. It's been <laughs> about ninety five degrees, and he's gonna start going. You'll <sighs> <sighs> know he's here, dude. That's that's quick. okay. I'm in my garage, and it's one hundred and five, so I'll be breathing. There he is. Sweating. Hey. Listen, all the audio guys, you gotta go to the YouTube right now because we've got a bog sighting. I, I, I told Mikey uh, in our little green room session, uh, I'm playing around with two thumbnails, right? One thumbnail has him catching a giant, giant bass. The other one is bog as a unicorn. I think we're gonna go with bog as a unicorn. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're going now. 
you weigh. <laughs> he weighs like 68 pounds, dude. He's getting fat and old. Well, I mean, he's got to be he's got to be your biggest running trend on your channel right like the the, the dog is the show you're just an afterthought i mean point. obviously dude that's why i don't know what i'm gonna do when he dies i don't i don't make much money off of youtube but it's kind of a passion project and the reality is it ain't about me it's about him so i'm gonna have to find like a clone or a replacement or some <laughs> shit dude otherwise i'm sll i'll be in a motel six dude <laughs> <laughs> well look you and alex you and alex can be there together creating really bad audio and video content oh you know, my god you, know, you want to hear some funny shit so you guys were talking about like your your off-color motel experiences we'll call them that you know yeah. literally back in the day i went to community college and i got into video way back when it was like like we were still doing like dv tapes you know and stuff like that <laughs> so one of the first things i ever shot i lived in fort lauderdale down in south florida like miami and that and I shot this thing called, we had the, what the hell was it? It was like a project for school. And it was like, identify and talk about a subculture. So I was all like hyped up, you know, college kid all fired up, dude. And uh, I went and shot this shit on bums. Like bum fights was a big thing at the time. Yeah. So I kind of took it to the more like, uh, I don't know, uh, intellectual academic level. But I, I did this thing where I interviewed all these bums in South Florida and made this cool ass edit, dude. Like basically, I give these guys beers and like be like, tell me about your life. So like, here's a tall boy. Let me hang out with you for ten minutes and like tell me about your life. And I shot like all these little blurbs with these guys. It was really freaking cool, man. Because it was before guys were doing a lot of like digital sort of very homemade video, yeah. but like on a semi professional level. And um, it was a fun experience, man. And I think it kind of it played a role in. And the stuff that I wanted to do, because I like that, that raw, I don't know where this shit is going. I don't know where it's going to end up. I just want to instigate it and see what happens kind of thing, you know? Well, now I, you're I on the other end of that yeah. camera, because that's exactly what we're going to do with you tonight, um, is we have no idea where it's going to go. Um, you know, we don't have any tall boys to give you because we're all about 18,000 miles away from each other. But that's the same premise of uh, this podcast. I wouldn't disagree. I mean, I think it's kind of a concept of everything. Like we're all kind of just put like putting out our experiences, and the, the more raw and more genuine it is, I think the more value it has. Now, the internet doesn't agree, and YouTube doesn't agree <laughs> with that to an extent. But I think from a, a viewer value standpoint, I think that's that's what I value. You know, like, again, I think this is why, like having you come on uh, for me. Paul hates it when I do this. I love to gush about when we get these guests on, right? So we we, we normally, we do a lot of small creators. So I got to keep my hands low. Uh, anyways, I, I, I normally do like, uh, like, like we normally do small creators and then we'll bounce, you know, all over the place, right? But you were one of the guys. Uh, so like I didn't start bass fishing until like five years ago, right? I, I came, I fished as a kid in Washington State and then I, I left fishing for a long time. And then at... Uh, it was like 34 ish. I uh, got back into uh, fishing. And uh, you were one of the first channels I found, though. And uh, yeah, and uh, it, it's really, it's fucking weird, right? So, so obviously, I went through, initially, I went through that phase of like Fluke Master, right? The dude's a great yeah. teacher. Yeah. Uh, I did uh, tactical bassing, again, great teachers. And then I will, uh, I'll be completely honest, I did the Googans uh, because they were flashy, right? And then once I got past that, yeah, but once I got past that, I got into like, 
I was just trying to find something different. Like I didn't like the over the top. And then I found you. And uh, now to be honest, you are over the top, but the way you do over the top is such a genuine way. Like you seem like a dude I'd hang out with. Like we'd crush maybe some sodas or whatever. Right. Uh, and we would crush some bass, tell some stories and like uh, channels like yours are the, one of the big reasons why I started this podcast was, is to get these creators that I really like and try to get them uh, kind of behind the scenes kind of look. But I, I really appreciate it. I saw you. And what's really funny is you do a lot of offshore stuff, right? Yeah. You do a lot of, I don't fucking fish that at all. Right. I, Paul says it the best to be on uh, YouTube. What is it, Paul? You gotta be, what is it? Good looking. Paul. No, no. Paul missed the fucking segue for him to talk. That's how professional we are. Um, <laughs> All I know is, <laughs> Alex, Alex, you could have just said, hey, man, can I go fishing with you one day? Because the last minute and a half diatribe I got was Listen. your long way of saying, hey, I, re- I really want to go fishing with no. you because I don't know what I'm doing. There's and... 100% that. What I was trying to get at is that, uh, Mikey, you're, and people don't know, definitely follow him. Um, but, like, you, so so Paul always says, I'll, I'll yeah. cover this transition for I, you. You to be educational or entertaining. Okay. You're both. You're both. Or, so, like, the walkers that you... You're missing the third, but educational, entertaining, or you got to catch big-ass fish. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter what fish it yeah. is. Yeah. Catfish, tarpon, bass, big brim. It doesn't matter. You got to catch big fish. And you, you, you do all three of those things pretty damn yeah, well. I, I have. And at different times, too. And I try, yeah. you know, what's interesting is I'm going through a phase where I'm kind of, like, doing different things with the content and i think actually right now it's the worst time to do it because we're getting the least amount of views and the least amount of return on the stuff we do but i'm starting to have a lot of fun and for lack of a better word just fucking around like Mm -hmm. learning about different stuff and trying it because i live in a different region now you know i'm able to go to florida because i gotta work down there and stuff so i can still catch bigs and then at the same time i'm starting to play around with I've never been super into the whole, like, the personal vlogging stuff. But at the same time, I, I've shot some stuff with some cool – it's all about, like, environment. Like, dude, if we were all together and we shot a vlog, it would be cool. If I was alone and shot a vlog, it would <laughs> fucking suck because I'm lame, dude. But you create sort of like a like an environment with some guys that, that have cool perspectives. They're quick with their mouths and stuff. And you can make something cool, you know? So – I'm kind of at a point where I'm playing around with some of those different concepts because you hit it right on the head, entertaining, big boobs, you know, freaking whatever, shooting your mouth <laughs> off, funny stuff, you know, education, and then yeah. the big bitch, dude. And it's and it's fun, you know? And and so there, I'll, I'll say this. Joe LaBarber was on here one day, and he's talking about how much he loves fishing. And his, his quote was, if it ain't boobies, it better be bass. And so, <laughs> and so he's right on that. And there's two things you brought up. One is, uh, it's a two-part question, and I'll let you get into it. But the first thing is, where the hell are you from? Because we see you in, at Gunnersville, I think it is, yep. and then you're in Florida. Uh, that's the first part. The second part is... Um, shit, I forgot because damn Alex is over here going in and off the screen. Yeah, he is jumping. I think he's got something going on. He's probably got a chick in the bathroom or something. I, I hope not. Amanda's gonna whoop his tail if he oh, does. Oh, he's got nothing going on, dude. <laughs> oh, uh, so, you know, 
where you're from in, on, on the oh, and the second part of that question is you talked about how this is slow time for for your views and your stuff on YouTube. We do have a lot of folks that uh, because we do bring in primarily content creators. Okay, uh, why is that? So those are the two part questions. You know, why is this a slow time for you? Uh, maybe is that just something you have to work through as a content creator, especially through YouTube, which is your big platform. And then where the hell are you from? What is your story? What has brought you to here, here to where we are now? Jeez. So I'll lay out my geography real quick. So I'm originally from Wisconsin. I moved to Florida many moons ago. And then I spent, hell, like 10, 15 years in, in Florida or something like that. Like enough to be local, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we moved up here to, to North Alabama, I think, in like 2018 or 2018. Uh, but I still go like my parents live in Florida during the winter. And uh, I, do you guys know JT Kenny? Uh, he he's the commentator for MLF and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. And so I work with him, and I work with some other Florida guys for like content production and stuff like that. Uh, gambler, you know, things along those lines. So I, I still spend, I guess, what I define as like three to four months out of the year in Florida. And then the rest in Alabama. And what the coolest part is actually now that I'm in Alabama, I'm more mobile. The hub for bass fishing, in my opinion, is like either, well, there's like a few different sections, like and all year round. Don't get me wrong. Up north has stuff to offer, but like it's either like the Southeast Texas or Florida. Otherwise you're in California out West, you know? And what's been cool is from Alabama, I've been able to explore like Lanier and Pickwick and I went to Kentucky once so I can hop around a little, but, uh, but right now my home base is Alabama um, in regards to the YouTube thing. So I say that because I'm jaded. It's not the, <laughs> the most correct statement. Um, I've been making these videos since YouTube actually became YouTube. Uh, prior to YouTube, YouTube was actually Google videos before mm-hmm. Google. And so I had videos on there way back in the day. And then we transitioned to YouTube. Um, basically, I was one of the first creators to, to put fishing content on. Like John B was one of them. I was one of them. There were about 15 to 20 of us um, that kind of went through the process. And ironically, a lot of them have fallen off, you know. So I've made content this whole time and seen, you know, peaks and drops and that. The reason I guess I say it, it's been tough lately in the past probably two years, it just seems like there's been changes in the algorithm or and I get I get what do you call it shanked for that too because it, you blame YouTube but in the end it's all about your content so you can't really put the blame somewhere else but there, there's been a lot of changes in the way they evaluate videos and that which pushes some of us who have been creating content for many years down to the bottom. I mean, in all honesty, like look at Tactical Bassin's views um, now versus say two years ago, it's exponentially less. Um, Mm -hmm. And to an extent, you can relate that to content and saturation. And, you know, it's already been done kind of a concept. But at the same time, there's also a play when it comes to dealing with SEO, dealing with, with the way YouTube think some things are okay and some things are not. We'll call it that. Um, but it's been a struggle. But at the same time, it, it's still fun, dude. You don't do this shit like you guys, man. Like, I, I don't think I'm being out of line by saying I'm sure you guys aren't making a million dollars. Freaking- oh, how dare you? It, well, we, make, yeah. we make millions of schmeckles. Well, then I'll expect my check in three days, dude. Three days. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, 
I make some money off, off the YouTube stuff and I have definitely grown from some of the networking and relationships I've been able to make off of being like an original creator and making videos. But in the end, if I was doing this for the dollar signs, I'm fucking stupid, dude, because the money isn't there. Um, but I like this. I, I enjoy it. I like making things and, and I don't know if I like teaching, um, but I do like sharing like the things that I learned. Cause especially if you want to talk about background, when I was a kid, my old man didn't fish. Um, we had very little, I was still a kid fishing when it was very traditional print, Roland Martin's show on TV, you know, mm-hmm. these more traditional sort of sources of dissemination and they were limited. Like if you weren't somebody, you weren't playing ball. So I always look at it as this YouTube and this social media stuff has been an equalizer for those of us who have a voice and maybe have something to offer to, to put it out there and then let the, the consumer or let the viewer, let whoever is kind of taking in the content decide, is this shit? Is this okay? Does this have value? And, and go from there. So I've always been more... I know you told me not to talk about political stuff, but it's kind of political. <laughs> you know, it's like it's an yeah. evening of the field, dude. Like it's an open platform to anybody. Throw your stuff out there. If it sticks, it sticks. If not, but it's it, I like that sort of that free market kind of concept that, that YouTube at least used to have. Not so much now, but it's still kind of there, dude. Where I think part of what you're saying is with with everything you take the nfl right you know it stands not for long the average player is going to play three years you get these rookies in and these rookies kind of take precedence sometimes over other people because they're new you don't know what's next you, you they're, they're not established and uh it's, it's a poor analogy to make but what i think with youtube what it sounds like what part of what you're saying is some of these people that are coming on to YouTube now are new and they're growing a channel and that and YouTube might be pushing some of these newer people that hadn't been around as long and don't have as much content and kind of forcing out the, the you know, the old heads and put them on the back burner to get some of the new people in. I don't disagree with that. And that's part of it. But one thing and I think I can't, we kind of talked about it, like, I try to be honest and, and really there's always two sides to a story. Dude beats his wife, right? He freaking punches her, whatever the cops come and she's screaming and like he hit her. There's no doubt, but there's a story behind it. doesn't mean he's right, but there's just, there, there's always two sides to a story. And the way you can look at that too is, you know, we have these older creators. Well, did their audience age out, you know, did their audience age out? Are they not watching? are these younger creators bringing in a different audience because mm-hmm. the, the biggest consumers of this kinds of content are on the younger spectrum. You tap mm-hmm. into that. And that's actually one of the changes that hurt um, view counts is when YouTube changed to, um, I don't know if you guys have to do it for the podcast, but when you put it on YouTube, you have to say whether it's child friendly or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. then you can't have comments, you know? Yep. So one of the biggest demographics for, for consuming this content is younger viewers. So like, you know, we're all playing a role like mm. with our age, like we're almost by default, just not because of a system that discriminates, but like the system discriminates just because of the reality of the system. You know what I mean? Like it, it's one of those funny things where it's really not anybody's fault. It's just the way it works, dude. So it's, I think, I, I, I think, uh, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong too, a lot of you guys, you old heads who've been doing this for a while. And you talked about content specifically on maybe you're going to see a drop, right? And tactical bassing, right? Tactical bassing every year, 
puts out the same spring fishing things. And you can tell at this point that they're not as enthusiastic about it because yeah. like they, they're, they're making the video because they know they have to make it right. And there's folks, and again, why I, I really appreciate you is I've seen a decline of these, like I have to make these videos. What I see more is an incline of videos that it looks like you enjoy making, which might not mm. get you a million views, but as a creator, it seems like you're more satisfied making those. Honestly, man, I'm trying to run a fine line. I'm trying to game the game and play the game um, because I, because that's part of the fun too. Don't get me wrong. Like it, part of the fun is playing with YouTube and trying to get the views. Like people look down on that. I, I could care less, dude. Like part of the game, that's part of the fun game. You know, will this work? Will this concept be clickbaity enough, but not too over the top? You know, like swimsuit then, girl, right? Well, hell yeah. <laughs> but, but, but here's the deal. Like, I'm not going to put her in every single video and beat it to death. Right. But you know what? I'm going to tease that every once in a while and knock 50K out. Dude, hells yeah. You know? <laughs> you know it, it's fun to we're getting gamed on our end like i said there's always two sides of the story uh, us as creators and you know like people that are making stuff we're being gamed by the system too it isn't just one directional dude everybody mm -hmm. thinks like we're making clickbaity shit and all this stuff yeah you know that is true but at the same time the system plays us dude so it, it's a two-dimensional place so, I, I don't know but you're you're right though i have kind of tried to be a little more doing what I want to do and make what I want to make. Because the other thing is too, the returns have been lower. So if the returns are lower, if I'm going to get the same return on the thing that I want to make, the thing that I want to create, and then something where I'm jumping through hoops, not being who I want to be acting apart and shit like that. Like why bother with that jazz, dude? Yeah. Like, correct. Make, you know, I, 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 again, I, I know I was cutting in and out there. I didn't get to get my full gush session, but uh, oh, we talked about Lord. this a couple times. <laughs> but 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 you handle this in a punk rock style, and that you're you you can tell the videos where you're like, oh, this dude's got to make this one right. But as the years have gone on, or months have gone on, like you, you can tell you're like, yeah, I kind of got to do this, but you're still putting your own spin on it, and and it's very much. Um, it's very much Mikey on these. It's not like a cookie cutter bullshit ad video it's you're putting your that, own dude. spin on it yeah well no i mean i appreciate you doing that like like as a consumer no, no matter what like all right so so you got a monster bash shirt on right we know that you're affiliated with them you've got a um there's an obligation with that right but how you sell that product is different with it being more real it's it's more of like you can tell that you enjoy what you're doing and I'll even roll back to, like, I started tying my own swim jigs because I, I fucking, I sat and watched a video of some scrawny fucking dude from Florida, which is you, sitting in his fucking car park, tying his own fucking swim jigs, right? But I was like, yo, this is fucking dope. And it, it's just the way that you project that in a way, I don't know how to put it. it it's a very real way. There, there's not a lot of fakeness with you. And I hope, I hope I'm right. But, uh, like, right now, like, I think if you're one of the realer ones out there, I don't see you, like, drumming it up too much, if you know what I mean. No, I, no, I try yeah. not to. But, I, I but mean, he goes yeah. out and catches fish. You go out and catch fish. You, yeah. you say that something, is. you show something, you do something. Um, yep. Technique, lure, uh, technology. and then and, But you're out there catching fish at the same time. 
And, mm-hmm. and that's what separates a lot of the uh, the videos that you see with people teaching. Um, I agree with that, dude. There's a lot yeah, of um, guess, air, yeah. a lot of huff huff air air. Yeah, that that is. But you know, though, if I'm being totally honest with the content I create, I wouldn't need to do that. That's so, that's like a standard I hold myself to because for as much as I'm making stuff, I'm also I hate the word angler. It's freaking lame, but I'm an angler, you know. Like, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Hey, 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 Paul. What's your favorite name for a fisherman? Is it an angler? No, 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 no. You, we ain't hunter men or hunter women. We're hunters. So, them, uh, my, I think we are fishers. If we want to take, I mean, the English language, the English language, the American English language is the worst fucking language on the face of this damn earth. I mean, it's terrible. It is we got terrible. a guy from the Carolinas trying to uh, school us on how languages should be spoken. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Mikey Balls is a loss for words for the first time I ever. Damn, Alex, we're not recording. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's good, dude. You had me going for a minute. That was good. Oh, dude, this this asshole. Uh, what was that? Was that with Blaine? Was that with Blaine yeah. Upton? Yeah, him and Blaine Upton. We went through a whole segment, and then they somehow fucking these little connivers did it behind my back where they had me, they talked without talking to me and had this whole setup where I was like, what, what? I'm not recording. What? I'm like fumbling around these two bumbling idiots. I fucking hate you. Hey, Blaine, Blaine, Blaine. I just texted you about a sweet opportunity. You can go fuck yourself at this point. (laughs) Blaine's a Carolina boy with, but Blaine's a Carolina boy with me. So we had to mess with him. Back up a little bit, Mike. You said you were from Wisconsin, and you yeah. said your dad dad didn't fish. Mm-hmm. What what where where was your path into fishing to get what you where you are now? I mean, I think it's just kind of like any kid, dude. Oh, we would go out to the lake. It's not that we didn't go and enjoy the water and stuff. The old man always had a, a boat and that, you know. So we actually did a lot of wakeboarding. Um, mm-hmm. so you know, we go wakeboarding and freaking do whatever and. Uh, I, I my, my best friend in Wisconsin, who which is really cool, a little plug for the channel. Um, I'm actually going up north to see my best friend in Wisconsin in September. So we're going to do a bunch of smallmouth fishing and like mix it up a little bit. But he, he was always really big into hunting in the outdoors. And he, uh, he kind of taught me about fishing. It was never his primary deal. But we had this one day, dude. And I think it's, you know how you look at shit that, that really wasn't that big of a deal, but in a way it was like formative. Oh, I mean, the way that you look at things and approach things. So we're out. I think we had gone wakeboarding or some shit, gone swimming or whatever, hung out at the lake, and it's like 5, 6 o'clock, right? So we're like, let's let's be like every other kid and, and go fishing. Like, who cares? You know, we don't know what the hell we're doing. But my, my best friend kind of knew a bit. We had these power bait worms we got from, like, the fleet farm, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, like super traditional, whatever. And so we went, went across this swimming bar, dude, and there must have been spawning fish, like, all over it in, like, two foot of water, like, just ready to chew. And him and my old man, dude, start casting this stupid worm and, and catching a few fish. So I started taking these dumb worms and building, like, little – you remember, like, the pre-rigged worm harness? Like, yeah, yes. yeah, dude. Yeah, so yeah. I would literally. Were they a man's? Was it a man's bait or what the hell was? I it? think it was like cream, dude. Like cream, cream in a cream. Package. Yeah, in the, in the little bag in Walmart, like a yeah. dollar twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, you know, that's what I kind of knew with. We didn't even know about like Texas rigging or anything. So, dude, I'm tying up these, these double stage hooks and I'm intricately threading them through a four and a half inch power <laughs> worm. And every time I get one done, my old man or my best friend would be like, I got one, I caught two, whatever. And they tear up their worms. So I'm like, climbing them <laughs> rigs, dude, and not even getting the fish. I ended up getting, like, getting the fish and that. But it was the coolest thing. We caught a, a shit ton of fish. And it was so cool because it was the process, like rigging and making something that the, like they were dialed in on, whether it was just because they'd eat anything or not, it didn't matter, you know. But like that process of rigging, understanding this is what they're eating, this is where they're at, and then this is what you do. And I was actually almost more of an observer than a participant in the process. And just seeing that go through, dude, I was hooked. And I didn't even catch like that many fish as those guys that day. Mm -hmm. And ever after that, dude, we had like a little sea ray that we used to wake for. We put a pylon in it. We put gas tanks filled with water in the back to build the wake. All that shit was over, dude. We were like, <laughs> but dude, I think a year later we had like a little fifteen foot like old school bass boat, you know, and we're getting after it. And I think though, from a, a, a more macro standpoint, you know, that was. Uh, a big player in, in how I looked at when I got to the videos. Cause the old men, you'd go to these fishing tournaments and they'd win, whoop your ass, you know, and we were there and literally dude, as a kid, all I wanted was like, like, give me a, a, a needle in the haystack. Give me like a thread, give me a speck to something to, to jump off and grow off of. And these dudes would stick a cigarette in their mouth, dude, and scoff you off. And dude, you know, when I was a kid, I'm like, shit, you know, that's something. And now I'm just like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, where in, where in Wisconsin did you grow up? Uh, south, southeast Wisconsin, just north of Milwaukee. Cedar Lake? Got yeah. Dude, dude, where I'm talking about is Cedar Lake. Big Cedar Lake. Y'all look. Boat, boat, believe it or not, contrary to, the, to my so-called accent, <laughs> I am half Wisconsinite. Shut up. My grandma grew up on Cedar Lake. Shut uh, up. Milwaukee Tools, Two's Concrete. I don't know if yeah. you ever heard of Two's Concrete. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but my, my grandma, she moved down, she moved down here in Newberry, South Carolina, went to college and first like her first day there, they had grits for breakfast. <laughs> and she gets a big bowl of grits and starts adding sugar to it like it's yeah. cream of wheat. And That's people are looking at like, what in the hell is wrong yeah. with this woman? I did yeah, man. Shit. I still got family there, house. No shit. Yeah, dude, that was the lake. I, we lived probably 25, 30 minutes from there. I'd fish all over like Madison Chain, um, yeah. Little Cedar Lake, Silver Lake right there. Uh, we, we fish all now, dude. So a funny story, man. I don't know if you've ever been out there in the past. No. Nope. Back in the day, it got some traffic and it was what it was on the weekends and that. Dude, we went out there. I went back to Wisconsin two years ago. You can't even drive a boat out there practically on the weekends. I thought that lake was so big. It's so big. Dude, it's a pond. It's crazy. But, yeah, that, that was the lake that actually happened. You know Penny Island? I don't – so I've never even been up there. My grandma moved really? down here met my grandpa, and I was born and raised in South Carolina, and they, I had never – the closest I ever been was I, I went for uh, I used to be a wildland firefighter and fought fire up Michigan. That's the closest yeah. I ever been back to the motherland. Wow, that's crazy! Dude. I hate we, the, like the stupid colloquial phrases, but it's a small world, bro. It is. It <laughs> is. It is. I mean, especially 
it is a small world, especially when you start to get into this content creation stuff. So yeah. YouTubing, uh, and, and I'm, I don't do a lot of YouTube because I can't get my fucking videos from my fucking GoPro <laughs> to the damn computer. And I've got shit I've been working on since last weekend because I caught the shit out of some fish and I can't get the shit to get. I, anyway, different damn story. I need help. Somebody, I need help. Outside, dude. Of that, Paul texted pod- me last night. Paul texted me last night, and he was like, "I can't wait till you retire, and you can just make all my content for me. I'll wow. send you everything." I was like, "Yo, bud, I, I still got to get a fucking job. Like, yeah, right? I, don't, I don't have time to." Well, if you do, if you do a good enough job, bullshit. if you do a good enough job, you can get half of my five dollars a month from wow. YouTube that I have yet to exactly. get. Exactly. Big time, time, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> But the podcasting right. world has opened up a ton of, uh, you know, networking and being able to yeah. meet people for us. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of why we're here where we are now. I mean, it's just it's and it and it lends back to something you said earlier about the the YouTube thing. What it's done for you. you don't you said you don't make a lot of money on YouTube, but what doors has has it opened for you to to be in that in the fishing community and in, in in that that industry. Because it sounds I mean, like it's, it's opened some pretty good doors. Yeah, no, it's – so uh, let me throw it to you this way. I, the one thing – sometimes this is going to sound fucking, like, uh, big-headed. Uh, it, sometimes you got to give yourself credit, right? Hell so, yeah. One thing that, that I did is I was an early adopter. Um, the, this web stuff and that, I, I was doing this shit in 2010, 2011, and literally people were laughing at me. Like I would, I would show up to a fishing tournament on Lake Okeechobee with a camera, and they like, dude, I could see him like chuckling and shit. And so it, there was a lot of stuff early on where this was very avant-garde. Is a dumb word, maybe, but like embarrassing. Like people were not adopting. But one of the benefits to that is I really believed in in the web. Like the web has become completely porn, but in, in the beginning, it was a very much like. But that's a good thing too, though. But you know, it was very much an equalizer for like that. No, I'm clipping that portion right there. Michael oh. says uh, the web is nothing but porn. We're clipping Dude, that. I, I, I freaking, I, I challenge you to dispute that. But whatever. So, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It's the biggest driver. If you look at a ton of them. It's the biggest driver of the internet was uh, the uh, way off fishing here, but uh, which is fine. But uh, yeah, it was definitely the, uh, but adult, kind of the beauty adult of it, industry. Though. Yeah, but but that was the beauty of it in the sense of the web was organic and dynamic like it went the direction it wanted to and like there was a big demand for that so that i think that's kind of cool and in like a big picture kind of process like systems kind of way you know but what happened with me is since i did like adopt a lot of this early i i knew my way around it you know i knew how to manipulate certain systems i understood how they worked um and what was cool is that I wasn't the only one, you know, there were some companies, not many at the time that also had that perspective. And especially a lot of smaller companies, um, you, you look at like some of these like mid cap companies, they, they weren't able to compete with your, your Berkeley's, your, your fishing, your Prague, like all these, these bigger box kind of, kind of uh, profiles. And mm-hmm. the one avenue to do that was the web. So what was a cool opportunity when I got started is I was able to network. And I was in the right place. I was in Florida. You know, a lot of fishing, whether it comes to Florida to happen or whether it's already there, it, it's a hub, dude. Just like where yep. I'm at in Alabama. 
Um, so I was able to meet a lot of people and provide a service that, you know, content production, content um, administration, things along those lines that the people weren't doing and hell half of them didn't even know what the hell it was. So, <laughs> like I, I was able to fill a demand and sort of create a niche. Now there's, there's tons of companies that, that do that, but I was able to kind of build something for myself. Cause I work for myself, you know, at first mm -hmm. I actually did freaking back in the day, I worked at a library. So like, that's my, my job, you know, you're the I, ugliest wait. fucking librarian I've ever seen. <laughs> you know? Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he girl. talked about Mikey talked about porn, right? Every uh, librarian, maybe in that industry, that's not what I expected would be you showing up for that video. Where <laughs> 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 the money's at? Where the money's at? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's interesting. All right, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't know if you guys cover that. How, Mikey, how old are you? I am 39. Okay, so I, I think that fits in. Uh, Paul's a little bit older than you. I'm a, a year younger than you. But okay. I think it's really interesting that you hit on that because we're all in that age of not, like, fully living with the Internet. Yep, exactly. But we watched that thing grow in front of us, and we watched – what we watched was a, uh, a free form platform develop, like specifically YouTube, right? Like we watched YouTube start as like little bullshit meme videos and then it like steamrolled into this whole thing. And now we see the other platforms and I think we're a little better gauged than some age groups, um, whether you're older or younger actually, because I, I think the younger ones uh that's who we're targeting and they think they know what's going on but they they don't understand how it was done before and, and the only reason i mention that is because i think uh there's a lot of older advertising techniques that are now coming into play and that's solely because these kids don't know how that's fucking done right they're used to skipping through ads and shit like that and now we can embed them into videos and it's organic in a in, in a good way hopefully in a good way well, it's interesting you say that because I think things work in cycles too. You know, we always talk about like the spoon in fishing is a great example. The spoon goes out of style and it comes back into style. It, but it's so OG as fuck, dude. Like it's it's always caught fish. It just comes in and goes out. And Carolina what I noticed with, with some of the advertising is because – all right, so we were talking about how when I got in, it was free flow, dude. It was like open season. You know, like whatever, like you can do any unboxings, like the most. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Kind, yeah. Well, hold on, though. Kind of lame, but extremely innovative. Mm -hmm. Extremely mm -hmm. innovative. A totally different type of soft sell, like, approach, you know, very yep. genuine. Totally. What you see now is since the things that I was doing, like, so I would manage, like, these companies' uh, social media, right? And it was super organic, dude, super grassroots. We'd be taking pictures of local guys fishing tournaments, you know, uh, highlighting local stories, very small-time stuff. But then we had a platform that was national and broad. And what you see now is that system is being overtaken by your more mass media companies. So you have these companies coming in, and they're learning the system. They're implementing the system. And frankly, they're doing it better than I can as an individual in a lot of places um, but it, it's a lot more polished content, you know, a lot more mm -hmm. 
pristine. So you're almost seeing a reemergence of traditional marketing and traditional advertising, but yep. in a different form. But it has a lot of the same feels as 1999, dude, mm. but just on the web, you know? And that's actually one thing that frustrates me because I think, I think the end user will get sick of it after a while. But that's one thing where we always had a hedge, you know, like we were able to speak directly to the consumer. Mm -hmm. And I guess we still can. Um, but getting that message through uh, all of this, all this other stuff that's that's filled in the gaps um, is, is a lot more difficult now. And that's a challenge. You know, that's that's something to be frustrated with. But it's also just a challenge. You know, it's the way things develop and, and evolve. Um, but that is one thing I agree with you 100 percent. There's been a sort of traditionalization to what was a very organic and dynamic free fall of content, marketing and advertising. dude. Yeah. And I think, uh, so, so what you touched on, I think, so you said that they're more polished, right? And, uh, I know you're not the biggest on it, right? But we, we just, our last episode, we just talked to Paul Glass and we were hitting on TikTok, right? And I'm sure maybe listeners are tired of me fucking preaching this to the fucking heavens. I, I think TikTok is the new Instagram. I think Instagram 100%. is slowly dying out, uh, Ken from Underwater Robberies fucking clowns on me consistently. He's like, hey, I'll repost your stuff uh, for Hookset Hoodlums. Big, you know, shout out to them. But he's like, but I know this platform's going to die in nine months because I, I made a statement about that because I really do think it's going to die. But specifically what I said in that episode is like, you could put the most polished video on TikTok, right? That bitch will get no views, right? But you yeah. do a real video and basically like doing an Instagram story, right? Yeah. You do that on TikTok, that shit will through the roof. Like nobody wants to see the polished shit on that anymore. Well, yeah. The greatest example of that in the fishing world is Alex Rudd talks about his most famous video, tens yeah. of millions, I think hundreds of millions of views, yeah. is him putting a fucking drive into a kayak. Yeah. <laughs> <How's that? laughs> it's crazy what people will watch on that shit. It really mm -hmm. is. It, it really is. So, Mikey, you used to do some tournament fishing back in the day, right? Yeah. You, you reference it. We see, we see the tournament guys getting into the social media side. Yeah, I love that. Is that I, I say that it it already is kind of where it's going. Is that because? They started to see a loss of revenue. Yeah, there it is. Oh, there 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 people. The, the, those fuckers were laughing. Now, once again, there's two sides to the story. So I'm jaded because I've seen this from 20, 2009, 2010 on. So I'm looking at a, an elongated like history of it. You know, guys just coming in are like, that's so cool to see Edwin Evers on here. And, and actually, I, I met Edwin Evers way back in the day at Bass Pro, and he was the nicest, coolest guy ever. So no, no hate involved there. But these guys are seeing – they're seeing two things. One, they're seeing a monetary opportunity. And, dude, hell yeah, get after it. Mm -hmm. But they have to. They're also seeing a necessity. And that necessity is, is that branding and that, um, that ability to sort of – a lot of these guys go on impressions. So basically your ability to reach somebody, right? Measured mm -hmm. on a, a more traditional marketing level. So what they're seeing is, is their value is based upon impressions. Now in the day, it would be driving around with a wrap truck, 30,000 miles, you get 
what is it, three views per mile or something that you get your three, three times three, nine, what is it, 900,000 impressions, nearly a million impressions or something like that. So they, they'd have their driving, they'd have their tournament appearances, network TV. So they come up with, say, 10 million impressions on those more traditional platforms. Well, now there's there's seven other avenues to that. So they can go and exploit the exploits the wrong word use, you know, these other. No, avenues. no, it, it honestly exploits the right word. Yeah. Okay, well, whatever. Yeah. It has yeah. it, it's a it's a loaded term, I guess you could say. But so they have these other avenues, so they can come to say like a corporate sponsor or something and say, hey, man, you know, I was doing X amount of impressions in in 20, 2005. Now I'm doing triple that. So my monetary value, because of the amount of reach, the amount of consumers I'm actually touching, has, has tripled. Has so it's it's money and it, relevancy. I think also plays a role. You know, the smart guys mm-hmm. recognize. I work with JT, so like I'm a part of the the mix to an extent. Mm-hmm. JT was an early adopter. You know, he knew he needed to to make content, reach users directly, and that's what I actually respect for him. He's always been. He, he's dude. He's a big old redneck, nicest dude you ever meet. But you know those guys that never went to college or anything, but they're smart as shit. Like, mm-hmm. dude is smart. Like smart. Like I, I can read books and stuff. I'm not going to be that smart. And he, he has a way of seeing how people in the world works, and he, and he's able to predict that kind of stuff. I, and, I feel like him as a commentator on MLF was like the Tony Romo. Like he was the guy who was like, listen. He called the play before it was going to happen, and then it fucking happened, which was money yes. for MLF. I, I agree. He makes MLF, dude. His commentating, I, like, he is on point. Old Marty Stone, dude. Cheers to that, too. <laughs> In the late 90s, early 2000s, we saw an emergence of the non-endemic. I'm not even sure. If you look up the, the word on on the, the dictionary, it doesn't fit that. But we call it non-endemic yeah. sponsors. Yep. Does the social media side, do we see a reemergence of non-endemic sponsors into the professional? And by professional, we got two different professionals, but the professional fishing, the the major league fishing, the the pros, the NFL of the fishing, do we see a reemergence of some non-endemics with with social media aspect? I think you already see it, don't you? I mean, it's all the corporate sponsors and that they recognize that that reaching especially a more generalized product like say a car brand or something they recognize mm-hmm. that their consumers are reachable on a variety of different avenues and platforms so they're not restricted you know um, i don't know if i'd be like a, a you know a rebar manufacturer spending money <laughs> on that. you know you have to target but like yeah i mean there's no doubt because once again i hate to keep coming back to something but it's two directional so, especially in fishing, the, the big dollars are in non-endemic. So, mm-hmm. you have guys looking out to them because they see dollar signs. And then, two, the, the non-endemics are looking in and looking at fishing. Fishing's always a bit behind, um, like two years from what I would say, like mainstream sort of, not culture, but like uh, marketing, advertising, and all that stuff is. Um, so, the guys are looking from within the industry and saying, hey, I'm... I'm topped off. I'm peaked off. I pull two grand from there, five grand from there. Where do I go to say, hey, 
I want money, I can expose your brand to more possible customers and consumers, you know? So it, it's a two directional thing where these guys are looking in and the I'm sorry, the, the companies are looking in and the guys are looking out to bring more in, which isn't a bad thing, you know? That's good because our industry, you know, back in the day, it would grow five to 10%. It's a very slow growth industry. COVID helped with that because it, it highlighted as an activity that was outdoors, that was within the constraints of all that stuff happening, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that, that helped with a lot of growth. Um, and then, you know, the Guggen stuff helped a lot too because it brought a lot of kids in with yes. a hard framework that a lot of us entered fishing with. When, you know, a lot... I, I think you guys kind of talked about it. You know, you remember like back in the day, like fishing, it was all about tournament fishing and stuff like that. There was a, a protocol to enter fishing. You know, there mm -hmm. was a, a, a stepping ladder and that broke a lot of the, the systems down. So it's not about, you don't need freaking expensive, what I think is way too expensive, but I love my boat. You know, you don't need <laughs> Yeah, you know, so like yep. get out there and well, we normally do a lot of kayak fishing on this show exactly. right? because that's a ease of entry into it. Yeah. It's, and 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 it's about this is so super millennial lame, but it's about the experience. Like yes, it's going, no, that's not lame, dude. It's experience, but it is right? lame. Like, I, I don't like the like terms like community, like the experience, <laughs> all this this garbage. They're such loaded terms with both political as well as. Like it just everything changes, you know, over the years, mm -hmm. like language redefines itself because you have different contexts to that language. So it gets kind of, I don't like it, but whatever. But the point being though, is, is like that experience is something that that's accessible now and it doesn't have like a, a set, a prereq, you know, like yes. you can just go straight into it. And I think that's a, that's an awesome thing. Dude. That's good. Listen, it's huge for our uh, community. It's <sighs> The community, the community of anglers. Oh, you're going to get on the train. <laughs> the community of anglers. Unbelievable. Uh, no, no, but you're, I mean, I mean, you're covering all of that. That's, uh, I think this has opened up a wide world for all of that. And it's, everybody's got a shot at this, whatever this is like, you can get a part of, uh, we, we get this a lot. Like, so, so I've gotten a lot, right. Unlike, uh, I, I wish I could do a podcast. I wish I could create, I wish I could do whatever. Right. And, uh, I know I, I honestly wish I would have done like YouTube way earlier when I first started. And yeah. I tell a lot of folks who are like, yo, I just started fishing. And I was like, fucking do a YouTube, do it. Like everybody loves watching somebody grow. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, they, that's a they, fucking money idea. Hold on. They, they, people, people love pain. They love to yeah. see people struggle. They love to see people grow within that growth that struggle though. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing is you, you put a video out there, you catching an eight pound bass, you're going to get a lot of views. And, you know, if you, it, let's just say you do it right. You put a video out there of you getting a treble hook through your fucking thumb <laughs> and you put that out there and you do it right. That yeah. shit, that eight pound bass is an afterthought. Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's there's a there's a pain aspect to seeing it, the struggle aspect. And and this and, and I'll make this comment and then we'll go somewhere else unless you want to tap into it. And Mikey might. But that's one of the things I see with fishing, the major league fishing. I, I keep saying major league, professional fishing. They, they're putting themselves in situations throughout the year that they're they're typically hitting a spawning 
pattern. You know, it's the fishing's easier. And I get it from the you know, people want to see them catch fish yeah. and big fish. I like I like those tournaments where where folks struggle. These are professionals, right? I want to see them struggle. I want to see them go out there and have to work through it and see who catches the fish. Like I like to see that struggle. I like to see that pain. And you know that, that, that I guess it's just a I'm rambling now because I don't know what the hell I'm saying. But I, you know, <laughs> people like to see pain and people so, like to see struggle. The two things. So one in response to your your first comment about the trouble of the pounder, I think. That's where the sort of that cultural dynamic comes in. In the end, dude, we're talking about porn. You know, why did mm-hmm. why did porn overtake the internet? Because we're yep. warriors. We're curious. Yep. We're we're consumers, especially of taboo of things that we haven't seen. So there's always going to be that play. You know, whether it's the hook through the finger or the eight pound bass. Like it's always what is unseen and now seen. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's the mm-hmm. same reason why Playboy was so cool in the fifties because. Nobody could see, like, dude, you didn't have, like, the content. That was it. You know, it was one mm-hmm. line, dude, where you get to check out a rack, and it's like, holy shit, you know? <laughs> there's always that dynamic. But then there's also, there's a plateau. You know, yeah. there's, there's everyone's been broken half. Everyone's caught the mega bag, you know? Like, I actually mm-hmm. experienced that, dude. We caught that 49 pounds on, down in Florida. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the coolest thing. I was stoked just to get it on video. It was the cool. And then uh, Milliken caught, like, 65 pounds in Texas. No. So, yeah. like, so, you know what I mean? Like, there's always – it's like anything in life, dude. Like, I hate to be that guy, but you're never going to be the best. Yeah, and, and this is my – and maybe this is why I won't be the best, but I have a more realistic perspective you're always going to get one up. You do what you do yeah. and you excel at it, but there's always going to be that next step. And then what you do to accommodate and work forward and keep yourself motivated with that, that's the freaking key, dude. But then going to, um, shit, what was your second? Con- oh, the pro fishing. So I give credit where credit is due. So pro fishing, dude, absolute bullshit like 10 years ago. It was so manipulated. And, dude, I, I watched. I loved it. You know, like the, the, the shows and all that. Hashtag no credit Because they've recognized that their, their viewers, their consumers, mm. they want to see that struggle. And they want more of a, a direct access to those anglers. And, dude, that's why not only did they start the live, but I'm going to give credit, dude. The MLF live and the Bass live is fucking awesome. Mm. Like, it's good. If you've ever watched that and – Maybe I watch it more as someone who creates content. The amount of production and the amount of work that goes into kicking out a live is one thing, dude. Like you, you put cameras on, you go with it. But what are you making a margarita, dude? The hell, dude? <laughs> oh, is that me? No, no, it's uh, hold so, on, real it's quick. A, it's Ready? a motel. It's a motel six. He's this motel is six. They don't have a fucking, <laughs> because they don't have a fucking. <laughs> You just right, won the cooler. I still for, want to see the chick in your bathroom. Like, for she, everybody she's listening, dead. she's dead. She's for dead. everybody listening, because Alex is all choppy because he's moving around with his camera, as I told him not to. He just showed us a sink full of ice with white claws in it. There's no white claws, bitch. I don't drink white claws. <laughs> yeah, I and. and so to your point with the live twos, we see them catch those big fish in a tournament, but we also see them lose a fish at the boat. Yeah. We see that yeah, fish that's... come off and, and these guys are fishing for a hundred, 300. They're fishing for a lot of money. 
and they see that fish come off or that fish comes off at the boat and and you see the pain yeah and the sadness in their face because the camera is zooming in on them <laughs> and you know I, you I, know I they want to go kick that camera guy off the back of the boat right yeah. now uh, but, but yeah, I think it, they, it is, they, yeah. they catch some special incentive. It was what, uh, it was, uh, Gerald Swindle, I think the second year of MLF when he had, it was either the first or the second one where he had that like, kind of like famous, uh, breakdown where the camera just sat yeah. on him. Yeah. yeah. And that was, uh, man, G man should have had uh, YouTube at that point. Like that was a very like such a real tone i remember watching that live and then them cutting to him where he was like yo the stress and just him breaking down his whole like that was compelling content but i give them credit because what happens a lot in those situations so mlf and bass are corporate you know like they're very structured uh, they're not as structured as, as some things but it's probably one of the most structured systems in our in our industry other than some of the big companies like the big umbrella bait companies yep. and where i give them credit is they recognize there's something here this live yep. they were very slow to 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 recognize the value of social media they kept things very closed they they did an apple everything was closed closed walls closed so now they, they acknowledge MLF. They acknowledge like things like that. It's more of a – there's a more – there's a stronger openness. And they put – dude, if you go and you watch the live production, and it has to do with partially technology, but it's also an emphasis. It's a, it's a top-down emphasis. From corporate, they, they told them live needs to be better. Like the lives now – like the drone shots that they like seep in to provide context of where guys are, how things mm-hmm. set up, the the interactions. And part of that has to do with the personalities too. They have the right personalities. JT is amazing. Zona amazing. is a fucking god, dude. Yes. Like it, he's able to to talk to these guys, create an interesting dynamic conversation. Mm-hmm. So, but they I really give them credit though because they recognize the value and they, and they said, "Hey, we need to expand on this because it's good." And it's where things are going. So it's, it's one of the few examples, actually, in our industry where, like, they, they were quick on their toes, dude. And it, I, I, I will say Bass took a little too long because I feel like MLF, like, I, I'm, I'm a pretty staunch, people who know the show, uh, like a staunch, uh, not a big fan of the MLF format. Okay. Um, but <clears throat> their production is on point. Their production is on point. And I think it took Bass a – a good amount of time to like get into it. And now I think, especially with everybody like flip flopping and now we're, eh, wait, I don't know who the fuck's where anymore. Right. They're all over the place. Right. Yeah. But they, they both have a very similar product, which is great. That means Bass stepped up to meet MLF because MLF has, when they first came out, the product they put out was so compelling how they did it. I wanted to watch all of that. Even if, Jacoby Wheeler was catching fucking one pound fish, like nine million of them to win a tournament. That's funny you say that because I'm of the exact opposite opinion. I, I thought, yeah, I thought the bass live streams and, and simply the live streams, the live streams uh-huh. were a lot more compelling and a lot more. I think it was at that time it was more personality driven. So Zona did a really good job. And in yep. the past year and a half, I think MLF has literally equal, like equaled the playing field. Like their stuff really? is on point. Yeah, I don't think it was where it needed to be. 
Um, but it, but it doesn't, I guess in the big picture, it doesn't really matter. Like, it, the reality is both of them saw the value and recognized that mm-hmm. and through those platforms because that's very much the direction things are going. And what sucks for people like me, and this is a challenge that we need to address, is that was the market demographic and consumer that mm-hmm. we were accessing. So what, that's the other thing where I, I'm open to, to noting when somebody's doing something good because they're beating me at it, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they've been able to, to really squeeze that viewer and say, hey, forget YouTube. You don't need that shit. We have something that fills the reason that you're on YouTube right here on our platform, you know. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And so the market's a lot more saturated, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's. And this leads me into something you said. You said there was a slow, they, they were slow to adopt it. You do some stuff where you do some videos where you talk about the stuff that the pros don't tell you. Yes. And I love you do the pro, you know, you kind of dive into some of the little techniques and tri- tricks and stuff that the pros, well, some of that slow adoption because the anglers were like, hold up. You're telling me you want to put a camera on my boat and show what I'm throwing and what I'm catching fish on and where I'm catching them. You have lost your damn mind. Hell no. But here's the the most secretive sport in the world. We've all done it, dude. Like we've all been there where it's like, I ain't talking shit. I ain't saying a damn word, you know? So that's a hundred percent it. And dude, I mean, there's, they still lie. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> You mean Jacoby didn't catch all those fish on a network? Exactly. Like, can, but can you really fault them for that? Like, no. I mean, hell no. That's an advantage. The lies were more blatant, like five yeah. or ten years ago, dude. They oh, literally yeah. like wrap up the, the the one I always come back to, and I mention the videos all the time. I forget what his name. He's a ginger dude, and he won like the Bassmaster Classic. And he freaking holds up a freaking uh, what the hell was it? Uh, a Strike King jerk bait, and the dude caught him on a Lucky Craft pointer. Caught every yeah, yeah. single freaking fish on a Lucky Craft pointer, dude. And like he's holding it. It's like, come on, man. Well, also they're using they're using lures that aren't associated with their their sponsors yeah, too. The and there's too. another thing, and you know, like with some things you can't get around it. You can zoom in on that bait, mm-hmm. and and even. But you get a jig or you get something. It's like, what is this? Is yeah, I don't know. It's just a jig that's been in my box for the last ten right. years, and I just had it, it just looked right. So but there's yeah. still. So uh, I did listen to one podcast. We we're talking about how I never listened to the internet. So I was on iHeartRadio, dude, and I listened to all kinds of like news talk and news stuff and random music, like whatever. You know, I'm like working on the yard or something, and I listened to. A podcast. I forget what the hell it's called. Um, actually, I'm going to tell you because I want to be on yeah. this. It was Bass and Bruce. Gotcha. It was Bass and Bruce. It was Bass and Bruce. Bass Talk Live. Okay. So, yeah. The classic one, right? So yeah, they yeah. had what's that dude's name? He's he's kind of skinny from out west. I think his name is like Chris something. Um, Zaldane. Chris Zaldane. They had Chris Zaldane yeah. on. So Zeldane was talking about how he had changed his sponsors because they do a lot about industry stuff, you know, and he had gone from, was it? uh, Well, he basically shifted. I can't remember who he went to, but went to Rapala, which went to to Google. 
He went to Guggen. No, no, no. That wasn't Zaldane. Because Zaldane went to Rapala, which went to 13 Fishing. No, he, Zaldane's with Guggen. It's Guggen, dude. It's oh, Guggen. is he now? It's Guggen. It's Guggen. Like, who, who makes the Meg draft? Um, uh, Mega Mass. Mega Mass. So, so he went from so he went from mm-hmm. Mega So his so, statement, because yep. these guys still need to navigate this stuff because they're, you know, they want to make money. They like what they like, whatever. But yeah. he's like, Basically, and they let him go on this shit. And this is what I mean, he's probably a nice dude and stuff, but this is where the reporting or the questions and stuff like it all just kind of floats out into the ether and it's all like passive aggressive shit that nobody talks about. So he's like, Yeah, you know, I, I went to Google and I'm gonna have to get rid of all my mag drafts now. And, and I'm like, Bullshit. Like, no. uh, yeah, dude, like, no. and, dude, and nothing wrong with like the Guggen Bates and stuff, but like, you didn't throw out your fucking mag drive. Like, <laughs> no, he's won so much money. money off that shit. There's no way he's yeah. fucking exactly. throwing them out. Yeah. So, probably got a hundred thousand dollars in, in, yeah, exactly, yeah. which is not a big deal, but there's still that sort of that sort of pur- like fishing purgatory for these guys, you know, where they want to get more money. They want to grow what they're doing, which is reasonable. We all want to do that, but it's still real. Re- uh, what do you call it? But ends up in sort of like this weird ethical sort of questionable grounds. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, yep. it's a funky deal. dude. Like how do you all explain right. it? Speaking, speaking of ethical. All right. So Uh-oh. this is from the last episode. If you guys haven't, Watch the or listen to the last episode. It was with Paul Glass, right? Uh, he's a monster bass. Uh, I don't know what whatever you guys call each other, right? Affiliates, uh, whatever. These guys, listen, monster bass. If you want to sponsor it, we need to get uh, Paul an air conditioner. We will uh, huck your uh, awesome baits for a, an air conditioner for Paul. Uh, but so, so Paul brought up this thing, right. And he talks about it in great detail and he had a really, man, he had, I mean, Paul, this Paul on the show, jabber hammer, like you, you can attest to, he had a very, we had a very long conversation about where he was filming a video for monster bass. Right. And, uh, he went up North and, uh, he was, he was getting smoked like, and, he was getting paid to go up and go fish, right? It, it was it, it was a lure that they wanted to be fished, yeah. but it wasn't the right time, the right situation, yeah. and it okay. wouldn't work. You know, it was just right. it, it wasn't going to work. And so he was, you know, he was talking about how they they weren't obviously when you go to create content like that, you've got the camera crew there, you've got a lot of money invested in catching fish for a lure, and how it just wasn't going to work at that time. And how, you know, he he felt bad right. that he couldn't make it happen. And and then what happened was is they uh, somebody else caught a fish on it, and then they said, "Can you hold this fish?" Like, what would you do in that situation? You know, it, I struggle with that because I guess I look at it from two different perspectives. You have like the ethical, I guess, that you're talking about. But then you also have the, the content creation aspect, mm-hmm. and it's always a challenge to, to make videos. And then there's sort of like a third dimension too. And this is where I always try to navigate content because the reality is, so I work for myself, right? Like I, I'm not full-time YouTube. Like I couldn't 
live if I did that shit. You know? <laughs> so, like, so the reality is I get anywhere since I work for myself now, I can work 10 hours, 12 hours a day and I can get two or three days of fishing in, but I have zero mm. life, dude, like zero fucking life. <laughs> right. Like, so what I, what I find is a solution for that is what I would, I do is I have a lot of fishing experience, not to say that I catch them all the time, you know, but like, dude, I've caught them on a frog. I've caught them on a swim bait. I've caught them on a Texas rig. So when I run into situations like that, I approach it as it's not always about the fish. And especially now on YouTube, it, it's about teaching. Like there's some, you, you sort of have to, well, you got to read the room and the room can be fishing, how the fishing conditions are or whatever. If I go out there and I want to shoot a video, then I have enough experience to highlight in that video what I need to highlight, the points I need to make, the things that I want to instruct and teach. I have enough B-roll. If I hold up a fish to, to exemplify that, I think I'm okay with that. As long as – the thing where I don't like is, is some people – I'm not going to name names. They will literally – Name them. Name them. It's Bassifers. Name them. I'll walk, dude. But like hooking a fish and throwing it back in – and oh, acting yeah, like, that. Dude, yeah. that shit's so bad for the fish and it's just it not like it's not cool like we all have to cut corners and operate especially if you make a living doing this kind of stuff thank god mm -hmm. i'm not relying on that but like you know i'm i'm okay with that to an extent it's when you start over falsifying a narrative and like trying to to literally fake a narrative i guess that would be i i guess holding up a fish is kind of like that but I don't consider that completely like faking a narrative. You caught fish on it. You're trying to show the experience. It's probably like some B-roll, like a fish release or something to like like thread in or something. So I'm fine with that, I guess. But if you start hooking fish and doing shit like that to try to manipulate it, that's that's no, dude. That's no. So yes, yeah, so, you know, as as anglers, we we are the the greatest conservationists. We have the best community to fish. To, to, to fish help and you do you do an absolute phenomenal job of catching a fish making sure that people see it but you're getting it into the live well or back in the water really yeah. quick yes. you know there's there's that but what we see and and I, I've got another point I'm going to get to after this statement but what we see or what I see with with some of the content creators that in Instagram and this they'll catch a fish and they've got a video, 10 photos, you know, they got, it's, it's the same fish with three different lures or all these different things. You know, they're, it's just the, the conservation side of, of that one fish for them or to five get different two hats. weeks like if you know, of, you know of stuff out there. But what I really want to kind of get back to is the Mikey balls fishing, because you are, you, you appear to be super successful when you go out and fish and catch fish. Just because I know how to fail a whole fucking lot, dude. Right, right. <laughs> so you're out there fishing for you to to make your twenty or thirty minute videos. Like, how much time are you putting into going out there, finding the fish, catching the fish? Have you got it dialed in enough <laughs> that you make it happen, or do you or do you go out there? I love Mikey's response. Catch the, you know, like what does that look like? Because you you your videos, you, you catch a lot of fish in your videos, but what's the reality of what? And I come from this aspect of people watch these videos. 
they think you catch fish every fucking time you go out there. But the reality is you don't. No. Especially since I moved, dude. I literally, probably the worst but best decision I made was to move. Like, I can catch Florida and fish every day, or in fish mm-hmm. in Florida every day, you know? And I came to a place where I literally knew nothing about it. So, You've taught the Bible um, videos, too. Yeah, so, like, but it's, for me, on a personal level, that struggle has been cool because I'm learning and, like, raising the ceiling that I work with. and Because mm-hmm. this, this dude, like we talked about at the beginning, this is a passion project. If this was a financial project, I'm an idiot, mm-hmm. like a total idiot. So, like, I'm making stuff because I like making it. Now, I'll say at the same time, um, I'm also not stupid. I don't know if I'm smart, but I'm not stupid. Um, <laughs> so I recognize the reality that failure is a component in what we do is fishing. It's not like football where the game's going to be the game. There's going to be a winner and a loser. You might play bad in that. Like, we can literally just fail. So I try to hedge that. Um, and, and it's been good because YouTube has definitely shifted from a um, an event-oriented, like, I caught the biggest bag ever, to event or, like, moment-oriented as well as educational. And that's where we yeah. talked about diversity of content. So that comes in handy for me as a creator because I can go out and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to have a good time because I love doing this. I'm going to try to catch some fish, catch a big bag, you know, whatever. Maybe find a narrative that – or a pattern. It's interesting because par- narrative and pattern have been sort of interchangeable words for me when it comes to content. If I can find some kind of overrunning kind of story to the day, it makes for an awesome video because we can highlight a cool technique, learn about it, and at the same time have a blast doing it. It's not always the reality. So one thing I try to do too is focus on what what in this particular moment, in this particular season, would I be interested in is pertinent, is relevant. Um, so that that offers the opportunity for kind of what we were talking about before, you know, might not be the right exact season for it, but maybe it's coming up in two weeks. Let's do a frog video, you know, something like that. Let's talk about frogs. I've caught fish on frogs. It's going to set up to be a perfect frog deal. I got a bunch of archived frog content. Let, let's talk about that. Because mm-hmm. we're tinkerers too. You know, we want to be ready and prepared for the thing that's coming. So what I try to do is just hedge stuff. Um, I would say this, once again, you got to kind of give yourself credit or when you need to give yourself credit, I'm bad about it, but I'm trying to be better about it. I've gotten a lot better. Like, dude, me fishing now compared to what I used to is a whole nother ball game. I'm freaking good with the graphs. Um, I can read graphs, offshore stuff. I have a lot more skills. Um, but it's interesting too, because it spreads you out more too. It's like, what do I want to do? What do I want to focus on? So you can get a little in the weeds too with, um, with getting too, what do they call that? When you're running all over the place, losing your mind. Cut off stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Has, has you two, if you, let's say, all right. So let's say you continued your tournament angling Mm -hmm. avenue versus, doing doing the content creation side has the content creation side made you a better angler do you think you'd have been a better angler to continue pursuing tournament fishing that's an awesome question i don't know i'd probably be better if i was a tournament angler but Mm. i don't think i would have ever caught the 49 pounds Mm. so it's so i am a little bit millennial kind of ninny to an extent I don't like like the competition and like guys scrambling around. I also don't like being told what to do. Show up. <laughs> Dude, I, well, we had a conversation. You told me you had rules. I got real weird when I got that email. 
And I'm like, fuck your rules, dude. I'm not playing with any rules. No. But, but what was the follow-up rule email? Oh, the rule, it, was, rules. it was, it was, you can't do any of this stuff. And it was LOL. I thought you, I thought, like, I bet you I had you going or some shit like that. Dude. It was good. I like it. But, but like the point being is the, the formats of tournaments do drive you to excel because they put you in a position where you're forced to perform and there's a value to that. I think that's across jobs, across anything we do as people, when you're forced to perform, you do access a different level, whether it's scrambling and freaking out or being innovative and doing things. At yes. the same time, though, there is a certain level of personality sort of symbiosis with, with things that we do. Um, we're good. We're all good at different. Once again, more freaking millennial crap. We're all good at different things. Oh, can I get a kind of participation award? We're all really good at building our community of anglers. Oh God, I hate you, dude. I'm never coming <laughs> on again. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the crazy thing about live with live now. Those guys are starting at nine o'clock in the morning. They're yeah. missing the three hours of all your top water. Yeah, shallow yeah. bites. You yeah. know all that, all that the blowups. You're missing that. But it, it, hey, I hey, think re, it, real quick, I want to rewind back, Paul. That is the greatest. That that question that you that just gave a good is the greatest contribution you've ever given to this podcast. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I, I'm handsome. Every time I come on this show, there are people that just don't want to do anything. They turn the volume down just to look at me. That has I'm, never been a comment. Uh, I run all the social media sites. At no point in time, if anything, people have said, can we tone down his video? By that, I mean turn it off. But Paul, that was a fucking... And guess what? I'm, surp- well, hold up. Episode, I'm surprised episode. by his... Hold on. Damn it. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, I'm surprised, blah, 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 I'm blah, surprised blah, blah, blah. by his by his answer. I like it. I thought for damn sure you were going to say YouTube made you a better angler versus still tournament fishing. I'm, I'm well, surprised so by let, that. Let's, let's do a little analysis here for a second because this is something people don't like to, to, to delve into actually like the work end of things. Like mm-hmm. YouTube, I'll be the first to admit, I try to be as genuine, as real as possible. But if I put up a video of actually what the process is to make a video, I would get zero views because people <laughs> don't want to deal with other people's bullshit, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's the reality. So, dude, literally, my process is so I bet you you go to the lake, even if you're in a kayak, whatever, you drop your kayak in, dude. And what's the first thing you do? Uh, well, I try to get the fuck Smoke out of the damn ramp as fast as I can <laughs> <laughs> to, to get away from the motors. No, I, I put it in, I turn my damn graph on, and then I start pedaling my little ass to the first place I want to go. And you make a cast. So yep. I brought my – okay, before I drop my boat in, I put four camera bags into the boat and then mm. make sure I have all of my batteries, all of my power packs, uh, and I put a, a tripod on it. I get the boat in the water. I spend 15 to 20 minutes rigging out cameras, putting on a chesty, setting all this stuff up, and then trying to figure out, do I want to shoot an intro to the video now? Do I have an idea of what's going on? Or should I wait until things kind of get rolling, get mm-hmm. in that heat of the moment? Then, like, so for instance, now, it's been like 94 degrees here, hot as balls, you know? So throughout the day, my camera's shut off. So I basically need to make sure that I'm getting audio because when the camera shuts off, I have to reset the audio, whatever, blah, blah. See, this mm-hmm. is the bullshit people don't want to hear. 
So literally, oh, actually, I'm, you'd be really surprised. It's actually the bullshit people want to hear. <laughs> well, dude, but if I put up a video like this, like yeah. people, because I don't want to deal with other people's shit. Like I don't want right. to deal with it. Like they're crying about work and stuff. <laughs> you know, like whatever. Like, this, they're like this asshole can't even just get his damn cameras. Why the hell am I going to listen to him talk about catching fish? Like tighten up. Like, but but I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of. One thing that I really believe in when it comes to fishing, and this is super like Rick Con spiritual, like you get in the zone, dude. You get in flows and mm-hmm. stuff. So when it comes to shooting video, there are moments of that, but there are so many hiccups that happen throughout the day in order to produce halfway decent content. It's very challenging to 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 really say today I'm focusing on fishing. And one thing actually I've done recently is I've I rarely go out and don't run a camera. Um, and I've done that a bit either. Like for instance, we get in the ledge season. I don't want to shoot the same video 20 times over. I like, you don't want to watch that. And I don't want to make that because it's the same shit, like beating down a door. So one thing I've done is I want to go fishing. Like I, I love fishing. Like, (laughs) Like that's why I go out there. So I've actually gone out for three or four hours and been like, dude, fuck yeah. I'm going to go fishing, dude. And it's been really nice because I've, I've learned a lot because literally my only focus, my sole purpose is either understanding something, looking for something, or actually going and trying to catch fish. And that's actually helped because I've figured out some stuff. And then I take that that step out of the process and then I can go in with all the hiccups, but I've already sort of established kind of the direction things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only reason I said that, it, that it, it definitely slows the process down. The other thing too is, like I talked about narratives, you know, I, I don't mind incohesive stories. I actually like sort of modern, postmodern, like all over the place shit. But at mm, the same time, chaos. So some of these videos, they, they need to have a driving narrative. So sometimes mm. I'm my own worst enemy in the sense of <clears throat> I ran into it the other day. So I got on this awesome stick bait bike, which you guys are going to see videos of talking about the best way to fish grass, in my opinion, with the Texas rig worm. And that's fishing a stick bait. So literally I got dialed into this deal and I ran it. I ran it hard. I ran it with no looking in any other direction. Well, in the process, I caught like say 18, 19 pounds, respectable bag, like Mm. pretty good bag, whatever, bunch of fish. My buddy Jacob Wall rolls up on me. He's like, bro, I got 22. I've been out here for three hours. <laughs> and I'm like, first off, I'm like, fuck you, Jacob. <laughs> you know, he's he he's good too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to take anything away from him. He fishes the, the pro circuit and he's a super cool kid. Like stinks multi-linear, you know, very non-dimensional. Like he's he's cool. But um, but but he went out there and just did. You know, he was all about doing where I'm about doing, creating a story and then trying to capture that story. And once again, he just went and fished. He just went. Yeah, I was about to say, when you go out, so so with this, this narrative, like, did you go out? Because you mentioned that. And I I know I I make uh, garbage YouTube videos of fishing. Right. But I want to know. Like, are you going out with like, this is the technique I'm going to do? Or do you let the day unfold? So I actually do it both ways. And this is where like you get kind of scrambly and you spin mm-hmm. out because there's certain seasonal patterns. I, you guys have them in the Carolinas. I'm sure you have them out West. There are certain seasonal patterns that show up. And sometimes the deal is, is being the early adopter. So being a week or two ahead of people. And that's mm-hmm. when you go out, you put your head down and say, I know this is happening. 
it's a question of finding where it's happening and executing on it. But then at yeah. other times, I like the dynamic of sort of organic. My, literally, my videos originally were built upon let life happen and fucking capture it, dude. And I thrive off that. Yeah. I mm. like that. So mm. sometimes I'll go out, and this keeps the content kind of different, at least for me, you know, going out and, and maybe putting in two or three hours running the camera, but not saying this day is going to be about this, but figuring some stuff out, maybe stumbling across something fun and weird like one thing that's kind of actually an illustration of both is i really wanted to learn how to fish grass ledges um i kind of know how to do it but i haven't really dialed it in so like two weeks ago you guys will see the video coming up i'm like you know what i'm gonna do today i know this is happening i want to learn about it so i'm like i'm gonna go and fish grass ledges well the reality is i went out there with that template but what I actually ended up learning and how it unfolded was so different from what I was actually expecting. But it was so cool to capture that process where I was going out there with this, this overriding like narrative pattern. Yeah. And it was actually something very new, not totally different, but just a different animal than what I was expecting. It was so cool to like, capture it. So I try to go with two different modalities. Um, but some days I'll go out there, yeah, like, like the punching bite. I've been chasing the punching bite in Alabama for two weeks and it has not happened. And it's pissing me off because it's <laughs> going to happen and I want to be the one that's first on it. So that's mm -hmm. a video that I'm going to go out and I'm going to be hard headed about, but, but there's other things like maybe they're not running currents and I'm ledge fishing mm -hmm. and the fish are high. And all of a sudden all this cranking and all this dragging of the worm that you're doing, dude, you're throwing a spy bait and a hair jig for 10 feet off the bottom and totally changing everything you were doing like three days ago, you know? That goes to the coin term. Hold on. Paul, no, Paul, I got one little no, quick thing. No, I got Paul, one little Paul, quick. Paul, it goes Paul, to the term. Paul, what he's talking Paul, about Paul. is the, the term Ike coin is fish the moment, which Johnny Schultz has now you know branded himself as. You got there with a perception of what you're going to do and what you want to do, but you get out there and you have a majority of anglers go about, you know, damn it, I'm going to fish, I'm going to punch, and I ain't going to catch no fish. Yeah. But you got there and you realize real quick, punching ain't working. What, yep. What's the what? What is the next? Now what do I do? Yep. All right, Alex, hey, your turn. Yeah. So I just want to um, everybody who didn't. Uh, Everybody's listening to this, right? That's most of our listeners. I, I really implore you to go back to where uh, Mikey just explained his grass. You could see the excitement in your face, bro. Oh, I get like fired up. You're talking dude. about it. No, no, yeah. but you could see the general excitement about like learning something new. And I just want folks to like focus in on like I, again. This is why you're one of my favorite creators. You have a general excitement, a general. Push Dude, I, I love this shit. Like, yeah. and, it, and it's to my own, uh, like, what do you call it? Like, problem, or it's to my own detriment. Or detriment. detriment. Yeah, yes, that's that's exactly what it is, and that's why I'm stubborn as shit. Like, the, my YouTube video accounts, I don't want them to go down to zero, and I'll continue to make shit because I like this process. I like making stuff, so like, I, I get fired up over this. Like, I like it. You know, I would I like to be more successful with it? Yeah, but like, I, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm gonna make what I'm gonna make, dude. So it's, you know, I don't know. It, I'm a, I'm an addict, dude. Uh, th that's what it should be. This should be a round table. Dude. I, 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 I fucking problem. love it, dude. I love your hey. energy with it. I fucking love it. 
do you ever get the inkling to ever want to hop into tournaments again, local, regional? Do you ever get that inkling to, to just go back and do it? So there's two, two answers to that question. One, um, from a content standpoint, I'd like to maybe jump into a, like a little wildcat and shoot the process. Cause I think for as much as I don't like many aspects of tournament fishing, I think it's a cool system or a cool process and capturing that is kind of cool, you know? Uh, but the other thing is too, I know I've gotten older because the one thing, one of the many things that drives me nuts about tournaments is it's a dick measuring contest. Like even, <laughs> even at some of the higher levels, the money and time you put in from an investment standpoint, like time capital, as well as dollars is not what you're going to get out of it. <clears throat> I don't even care. Maybe there's like three people. Yeah. There is like Jacob Wheeler, Kevin Van Dam. You know, there's some guys that are like the tiger woods, you know, like there, but in reality, like the, the dollar, the return on your investment isn't there. And that drives me absolutely nuts. Mm. And that's one of the reasons I got so jaded with tournament fishing. Dude, I was poor as fuck. <laughs> like for the first videos when I lived in Florida. And every weekend, I'd spend half my check gassing up a little John boat, dude, that freaking leaked. Like spending $60 on a tournament that I'd make $50 from being all part. Dude, and it's like, who's stupid? Like me or that freaking <laughs> dude? Like, so I think maybe... Uh. If down the road I was super financially comfortable and I wanted to go screw around and stuff, I'd be open to it. Um, but the one thing that I continue not to like is various attitudes in the fishing and fish care. Not on the pro level does it pretty well. I'm going to give them credit. Um, MLF's format is good and Bass is pretty damn good about taking care of fish. But dude, on a local and regional level, and guys, me for this. Dude, they fucking kill horrible. fish left and fucking right. And it, it drives me nuts. And it's not, and it, and you know, the percentage of fish that you weigh, and we're talking the, these local and regional tournaments, the percentage of fish you weigh and put back in the water, and let's say there's 10 that are floating that don't even swim off. What we don't know in this industry are those fish that swim off and die tomorrow That's, or three days later. And we there's don't lag either. Yeah, and we, we have no idea. There's a lag, and that's a proven fact that there's a lag. At, you know, the death, I can't remember the damn name it's right now, but there's a lag. 30%. Mm. It's 30% kill rate, dude. And that very, you know, that fluctuates, you know, especially it goes up during summer and that. But, and, it, and here's the funny part is, uh, we talked about this before. I'm not a rules guy, dude. I do not like rules. I don't follow rules. And I would be mad if I follow the rules. Because literally this this thing that we're doing right now is based upon breaking rules. Like mm -hmm. the stuff that I yep. did was going outside of a traditional template or a traditional format to, to, to break those rules and break those systems, you know? So I'm not a rules guy. But at the same time, like the rules – they're not working for, for the fish and like, yeah. and there's more people fishing. And I always get annoyed because like, you'll go like, like, like Gunnersville is a good example and Gunnersville survives and it always kicks out big bags, but guys will go like now I moved up here three years ago and all I hear is do 10 years ago, mm -hmm. this place was fire. And now granted part of that is normal, cyclical, ecological, right. you know, factors. 
Part of that's the beating the shit out of fish, which don't get me wrong. Everybody should go fishing. That's totally cool. But a tournament every night killing X amount of fish, especially during the summer. 30% you said, right? Like that's a, a, a big number. Yeah. Over, over right. time. Yeah. yeah. And, and the reality is like, I want to get big. Like I, I've caught a lot of big fish in my life, dude. I'm good with that. Like my dick size, I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> so like, you know Clipping that one. Clipping that one for social media. I want to freaking like I want to catch a fish on some crazy lure that does something weird or something. You know, like have fun with it and like enjoy it. And a lot of times those bites, like that relates to, you know, having good groups of two to three pound mm. fish, pound and a half to three pound fish, you know, getting bites, learning patterns, trying new things. Um, and that's, that, that is one thing that I worry about because there is a big gap in, and it's very green PC, which I'm not a huge fan of, um, but it is something I think we struggle with. Like we all call ourselves conservationists and stuff, but like it, there's, the face is different than the action, if you will. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think that's one thing that, that hurts what we do. So, and it hurts I, know, I know locally, I don't fish any of our boat trails, but I know locally, um, the, I follow them. They've gone to when the, you know, when the temperature, not the water temp, but when the temps are over 90, they go to a three fish limit. So I yeah. know locally in our area, and, and I'm Sharon Harris, Falls Lake, Jordan, uh, which are famous through MLF, but they're also very small lakes. Yep. That's why bass has never been here. That's why MLF has some fish, Jordan and Falls, and then, you know, they're, they're, the last round is on Sharon Harris, which is a super small lake. It's like 4,000 acres. Which uh, one has to fire, dude. Absolute fire. That lake was absolute fire like three, four years ago, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's a whole damn other thing. They killed the grass there, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But it, it's Paul just sucks lake. at it. No, anyway, <laughs> I suck at fishing, but here that's why I'm running a podcast with a guy from New Jersey. <laughs> but you know, I've seen them here. They 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 have started these local tournaments, they've started to to mine that and they understand that. But then you get somewhere, was it Lake Fort where they have 200 boat tournaments yeah. every day of the week or something? Yeah. And that's a small lake. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I have some lakes down in Florida that, that I have fished where we caught the 49 pounds in that. And mm-hmm. so what disappoints me is, granted i'm a part of the problem you know a lot of um tourists and snowbirds come down and fish those lakes totally cool whatever it changes the way they work um, you know the pressure makes them not as epic as they once were that's totally fine one of the things the issues that i have with that is a lot of uh, clubs would run tournaments during the summer there and dude literally i have live stream captures of guys running tournaments and there's like four seven pounders laying on the ground dead dude what are you doing? And part of it too is a connection between, and I'm not a big fan of rules. I'm not a big fan of <laughs> water, but a connection with like your, your like Florida wildlife commission or something like that. You know, your, your natural resources, like some places are trophy lakes, OHIV for example. So the way I look at fishing, I'm not a big tournament guy. I'm a, I want to catch them. If I can catch giants, that's awesome. But like, there's places in the United States that need to be managed as tournament fisheries. So like where I used to fish in Florida, they needed to manage that as a tournament fishery. 
Nobody takes anything out unless it's under 12 inches. Like there's none of this putting fish in live wells, like whether winter, summer, whatever. You, you literally take a picture and you put that joker back. And they need to, OHIV is like the pressure is going to build on it and that's going to change things. But Texas is actually really good about implementing stuff like that. So they might be all right. But I do know there's certain things that have happened in Florida between the killing of the grass and then, you know, just not recognizing when you have a resource that's so epic and then make taking steps to to seal in and lock in that epicness um it's always going to get less good that, that's just the reality but making sure it stays good so there's two things i'll bring up on this and sharon harris is a good example one is texas is doing that with their lakes because that is a revenue generator for that yeah. state yeah so there's a money aspect of it. The second thing is, is that a majority of the reservoirs in America were built solely for flood control or power yep. to make electricity. And they don't give a flying fuck about fishing or, or boaters or skiers or jet skiers. Like they don't care that lake is there to control flood or to yep. generate power. And so they don't care about that resource, even. And let's take the TVA. Yeah, you hear it all the time about the TVA. I mean, there those lakes are there to generate power and control flooding, mostly yeah. generate power. They don't care about that stuff. Sharon Harris is a power plant lake. Yeah, they killed the grass. They killed the grass in there because that grass was was getting clogged into their intake system. Yeah. and so that's not the the reason that a majority of our reservoirs are here. Fishing and recreational boating is just something else that's there because it's a it's a, a government resource. So they have to have it open for that stuff. That's how they you know that's how they take over the land and all the land around it. And so that's what that's what we see in a lot of our fisheries is fishing is a secondary thought. But then you have some of these areas where they see fishing as a Texas. I think Texas right now is probably the num- the best place to look at managing fisheries to bring in revenue from anglers. I agree a hundred percent. They um they do an amazing job, and, yeah. and they recognize the resource that they have. And, and like you said, and it's like part. It's the management and the goal. And I think that's where, you know, the bureaucracy kicks in. Uh, that, that's a big part, part of the reason that the, the Florida grass spraying occurred. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was X amount of dollars allotted to these spray companies. And it, I don't know if you guys have ever worked for a government, but the moment you say, hey, we don't actually need all this, that, that budget's gone. So these budget's gone. You got to yeah. do it no matter what. Exactly. So they're going to do it. They don't, I mean, it, and it's it's a bad thing, but like, I always try to just judge it more on a, on a rational level versus like a motive level, you know, like they don't care about the fishing. They want to make their, their dollars. They yeah. want to hit their bottom line, dude. So they have no invested interest in not spraying. They, they want their allotment. So that disconnect's always going to be there. Um, but the, people are still going to fish if there's grass or not. People are still going to fish. They're going to, sure. they're going to complain and talk shit about it, but you know what? They're going to go fill their uh, boat up with gas two or three days a week. They're going to go buy their license. They're going to go buy their lures. They're going to go out there and fish. They're going to pay their rent fees. They're still going to go go do it. And Florida's a, a, a crazy case. Kim Wood 
Ken Wood has, has said that Florida is a quarter of the United States fishing industry revenue generated yeah. is in Florida. Yeah. And now that's salt water, that's everything. Yeah. And, but what we've seen over the last five, eight years in Florida is what you're talking about. You know, the, the that resource has diminished from a, yes. a, a lunker side of it because of, I, I mean, I'm somewhat familiar with Florida, but there's Florida is the second largest producer of cows, of beef, yep. steers in America. Mm-hmm. And then you have all the all the farming that comes across, and that's what you get. You know, I mean, was Okeechobee they talk about now with, and I'm I'm just I don't know for sure, but like the the nitrogen yeah. levels of that yeah. lake stuff. But there's but even it's more nuanced than that, and that's the problem. Like none of these mm-hmm. are topical issues. There, there's so much nuance to them that like. I don't know. It, it's yeah. that's where the difficulty. Is. And then there's all these, like you were talking about, like TVA, Army Corps of Engineers. You know, like there's all these different entities. Some more powerful, some federal, some local. Um, mm-hmm. They all have a role to play. And and getting all those people to work together for a cause like fishing is it ain't gonna freaking happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah. That's so, Mikey. So, Mikey, what what's coming up for 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 Mikey Balls fishing for you for Bog? Like, what what are we what are we starting to look? Where do we start to look at here in the future? You like the the near future and moving forward? I, I'm just gonna keep making stuff. Uh, like I said originally, dude. Like I try to do things organically. So I let the way the world affects me, fishing affects me, and the things that I see sort of influence the content that i make to an extent which makes it kind of maybe bland to an extent but it's also a more real experience and like a, a more realistic progression to it um but one thing one goal that i have is uh, since i do live in alabama i have more access to the rest of the mm-hmm. united states and one thing i like doing is seeing new places and, and literally just being on the water traveling yeah coming <laughs> hey come, hey Come to Jordan and Sharon Harris. Sharon Harris been a little rough recently. Not no big fish, but we've been out catching 60, 70, 90 fish a day for the last three mm-hmm. weeks. And then you can go to Jordan. I mean, they were catching 35, 35-pound 35 bags in the spring on Jordan. Jesus, dude. I mean. Well, and, and you can come to Jersey and you can catch a 15-pound bag. So. <laughs> Here's the deal, though, dude. I, I've become so millennial lame that like I don't even care because it's about like the, yeah. the relative sort of yeah. you know it's base about the there. It, it, yeah, it's about you the experience go of the community as an angler. Oh god, dude. Oh, I, oh, I oh. hope you fall down when you go and get another white claw, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. You know what? He's gonna knock his two front teeth out when he hits <laughs> that damn that infested faucet that he hits. Hey, I I I meant to ask this earlier, I didn't. I want to touch, just touch on technology. Just a tip. Just, just a tip. Just a tip because <laughs> you you create a lot of videos showing the forward-facing stuff, the side imaging, the down imaging. You know, you touch on a lot of that stuff from the offshore, offshore fishing side. Has that has that made you a better angler? Has that made your you going out to fish and creating content – easier or a little easier because that's t- i i don't have it but i've been on a boat a few times here recently with four facing sonar 
And it's not to me about seeing the fish and trying to fish. I've, I love to put that thing on, on a bait ball and watch the damn fish react to that. Awesome shed. Yeah, it's like Dude, it is like to me, the forward facing sonar stuff is, is teaching us so much about fish behavior that we never knew before. Yes. It is. And you can be more real, like real time reactive. It is like, phenomenal. It is yeah. phenomenal to be able to see. And, and in the kayak world, we've got a guy that I don't know if he won. It's been a few, it's been a month or two ago, but he was out there fishing in like 60 foot of water on some suspended bass in 20 foot of water, catching them with forward facing. How, how has that helped you go out and create your content? I don't know if it's helped me. It's a different dimension. Like I always mm-hmm. like new things. So it's, People don't like it, though. I'll be honest. Like, well, yeah. yeah, you know what? They don't count because there's envy and there's jealousy. Envious people envious <laughs> people see you with something and don't want you to have it, so they're going to try to fuck it all up. And jealousy, <laughs> like jealous it. people jealous people see you with it and don't want you to have it and just talk shit about you. So it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't even want to get the argument out where no, the fuck good. technology is taking. That makes me feel a lot better about some of the comments that I've had. That oh, shit, okay, so that shit is minute. here, dude. Fuck it. It's and here. It's awesome. And it's always better to be an early adopter. And I've Hell always yeah. but So I was way behind. Randy Blockett can keep losing his tournaments and take his shit off. He can keep doing that shit and not not qualify for the elites if that's what he still wants to do. He can keep doing that shit. He's but it on YouTube, though. I give that man credit. You must have both. a large well, Hey, hey all, all you got to do is put Texas rig and a damn worm out twice a, twice a day. Yeah. No, he's you know, look, he, different conversation. Different conversation. So, so I like it on, on multiple different dimensions. So one, um, it was an opportunity for new content. And like you said, the first time that I saw a fish literally eat my bait on it, dude, I lost my shit. (laughs) Dude, I think the video got like 2,000 views. I don't care. It was golden, dude. I'm like, dude, this is the coolest thing ever. Like. I didn't even catch the fish. That bitch got off, but I I don't care. You lose it. Like, because it reminds me a lot of bed fishing. Because there's this one-on-one sort of very direct connection. Yes. Because the reality is with fishing, everything that we do is to look in this sort of unseen area. It kind of comes back to what we were talking about earlier. There's, we're accessing this place that we're not familiar, we're not adapted to be in, and we're doing this action to create a response and sort of manipulating it and, and tricking things. And like, it's just another addition, just like sonar was initially. So I think it's super cool in that regard. Uh, a negative, uh, there was, I had, uh, I broke my trolling motor in half and I didn't have um, forward facing <laughs> sonar for like two weeks. I I literally lost. was lost, dude. Yeah. Like, like, what am I supposed to do? Fish a point? I don't know if it's there. Maybe <laughs> Damn, I'm on the you, right of it or they on the I, left. Like, what the hell? I got a fan, I got a fan cast a point. Yeah, what the fuck like, kind of peasantry shit is this? Well, yeah, and that's what see, and that's the thing. It's easy to make that argument with like it, you know, you elitist. You and I've always been one that argues against the elitist. So you get in this weird position where like you're the elitist, like you're the one who's freaking. No, but here all of a sudden the punk rock guy is now the man. Hey, I'll, yeah, exactly. The, hey, the elitist side. Let me interject for one second. The elitist side. There are there are a majority of anglers out here putting 
the Bass Pro Shops 399 Cinco on a credit card by the hundreds of dollars. But talk about how spending $1,200 on a fucking live scope is too much. Don't talk to me about it costs too much when half the... Anyway, you get the point. Well, and I hear you. And, and to be honest, I always go back to the following. Like, dude, if you go back to my videos originally, literally, I don't know if I ever told you guys the story. So back, like the original videos, when you saw me in a John boat with like a John yeah. on the back. So I was in college, dude. I would literally rented these John boats from this little lake that had John boats for students to rent. I would drive out on a 49cc scooter with a toll boat at my feet and then a trolling motor strapped to the back of it and rod sticking out. I used to get pulled over by the state trooper because they thought I was robbing somebody's garage, dude. Yo, that's was, some Florida shit right there. Oh, it's pretty OG shit. And even <laughs> like when I got into the offshore shit, you know, like I was using a five-inch craft. So I look at everything as like progression. And yeah. so, you know, I, I don't like the argument with the elitist thing, but like, I have nothing to be ashamed of. I give no fucks, no. dude. Like, no. but the reality- again, you're one of the dudes that are doing it the right way, though, right? I, I so again, why people like watching you progress through this is you are real about it, right? Like you're you're progressing. Now, now, can everybody progress that way? No, but we like how you're doing it, and, and that's what. And in the end, it's about because it, it's funny too with the YouTube stuff, and I'm sure you actually run into it with the podcast. Like you'll look at like the comments and stuff. Cause in reality, we're social beings, dude. Like for as much as we're like, I don't give a shit, you know, it, it still affects you. And you look at the comments and one thing I try to do with YouTube stuff and maybe guys that are watching that do that kind of thing, immediately you grab, hey, nice dog, dude. Pretty Otis, immediately Otis, you Otis grab the chocolate it. lab. What's that joker's name? Otis. Otis. You see the puppy? There's a puppy. Bog. Oh, look, there's a dog. <laughs> I mean, we did this whole podcast again. It, it was supposed to be for Bog, but somehow, yeah, he hasn't been very first. In any case, the, 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 the point of oh, shit, I don't even remember what point I was making. Oh, oh. No, no, but like we look at it because we want feedback, dude, right? So, we're yeah. social people. Yeah. So one thing, especially as the channel, I'm not big time, but like I do get some views and I get some comments and stuff. And dude, you, you go through your comments and you're responding to people. And then there's, you are a scumbag, liar, whatever. And you gravitate towards that because you're like, dude, what did I do? Like what, what happened? What, what toxified this, this interaction? And so one thing that, that I've tried to do is the reality is the people that watch your stuff and are nice to you and support what you do and want to be a part of that or taking something away from it are the people that are putting positive shit on there. Like the two dudes, the three dudes or chicks, whatever, that are trolling you. Sometimes it's fun to play with the trolls though. Like sometimes they're mm. super creative. I've had some guys that have talked shit that is so creative. They deserve five stars and all the points. I'm like, dude, that was yeah. the funniest shit. <laughs> but like, but in the end, we're, we always go with immediacy to the negative, or at least I do. And that's not a good way to play, dude. Like no. you, you need to reinforce the positive interactions you're having with whatever you're doing, whether it's fishing on the bank, you know, it, the dude who's freaking talking to you about what he's using and like how he's doing stuff and you're sharing with it. That's your dude. The guy who's yelling at you because you're getting too close. That guy's an asshole. 
Like, forget about, you don't need to make him your friend. You don't need, like, the onus is on him once they cross that line to, to make, to reconstruct the relationship. And so one thing I've tried to do is really focus on reinforcing and interacting with the people that watch the videos who are, like, cool with me. I'm not going to be friends with everybody. No, nobody, there's a lot of people that don't like me. That's fine. I don't have to not like them, but I also don't have to acknowledge them, interact with them, whatever. And I think, especially for younger guys, I don't know how I could have done this if I was like a teenager shooting videos. Like the Guggen Squad guys, talk all the shit you want. Dude, yeah. Flair is a cool ass kid and he is smart as fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. And he had to deal with all these freaking keyboard warriors talking shit and shooting. Like that's bullshit. No kids yep. are that so we, like yeah we talked about this with Paul though we talked yeah. about with this with Paul is that those haters are watching every single video you put out exactly they're, I'll take they're my commenting they're commenting on those videos to over and over paid. it's not just one comment because then you get you know, you get your your people that comment to them and now you've got 300 mm-hmm. comments of people going back and forth. I mean, you know, sometimes that 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 that, that helps. That engagement. Yeah. That, yeah that's, that's, that's those awesome. people are watching your video to wait for you to fuck up, to wait for you to say the wrong thing, to wait for the wrong thing to come it. up. But they're watching your whole video. They're watching every video. It, it comes down to that engagement side of it. Yeah. They're they they have a role in it. You know, that I, just I just worry about like younger guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are, dude, in the end, like whether you like it or not, like culture is getting more ninny. You know, we're yep. pretty comfortable with ourselves. Like yep. you can say what you want about my mom, my dog, my whatever. Like yeah. it is what it is. It might put a frown on my face, but like in the end, you can just show. But like those younger guys, like you talked about, that are drawing in the new audiences that are that are doing that. Like mm-hmm. somebody tags and talks shit to them and is mean to them for stupid reasons. Every, you know, mm-hmm. you got grounds, you got grounds. But like all of a sudden, they might like stop making a video or something. Stop yep. doing that, and that's yeah. Well, there's a, well, so there's a lot. A word of the wise, dude: they... focus on the positive guys you have interactions with. Focus on growing those relationships. And let let that engagement come from the trolls because the one thing and Flair actually taught me this, dude. The the one thing is when the trolls show up, you know you're doing it right. That's right. Because they're seeing the videos show up in in a recommended platform or whatever. But back to the active target. So the one thing that that I really like about the active target, I always talk about nuance in the videos. If you really watch the videos, it's a word that I absolutely love because I think that especially as more people fish, more people are on the lake, it's about fishing smaller and fishing more detailed. And what the active target and forward-facing sonar allows me to do is be, I'm no pro, you know, like I I love to fish. I'm halfway decent at it, but I'm not amazing or anything. So what I've noticed, though, is I can be more precise, more detail-oriented in the way I do things. So we're talking about, like, when I didn't have an active target forward-facing sonar, and I'm looking at a point. I'm like, dude, I don't know if they're on the right of it, on the left of it, on the far tip, on the brush pile, on the thing. So it's taken that step out of the process, dude. Mm-hmm. I can get up on that point. I can either idle it, side scan it, or I can just drop the trolling motor, do a pan around, and look at them. The other thing is, too, with these offshore fish, we usually we fish for fish that we found right past tense so i found these fish on a ledge i idled over them i know how they're lined up i fish them for 20 minutes 
but we don't fish for we don't find fish as we're fishing in that regard you know it's it happened that's where they are we dropped the waypoint on it and what's cool with that forward-facing sonar is it allows us to adapt to the fish moving i've seen some crazy shit fishing brush piles and offshore shit where these fish they come to you and dude Uh you make two more casts and they're not there four minutes later they've gone back and you'll catch them again or they'll, they'll rise off the bottom and spread out, or they'll separate into groups out to the right and left. And I would have no idea, unless I was idling over them continually, as to how the, this was evolving. You know, as you fish, yeah. it's actually like adapting and evolving in real time as you fish. And I think that's super freaking cool, dude. Heavy, 99%, 99% of what we think we know about bass behavior and movement is anecdotal is is how we called them today and yesterday is anecdotal the forward-facing sonar is giving us an opportunity to actually see how they behave see how they move just as you said and it's it's very enlightening to be able to do that and it comes down to the spot on the spot yeah it's that one it's that one stump that holds a school of 10 fish three pounds and more that that you can dial in on and you can see how those fish are behaving are they ready to eat do i need to come back but it's well, the, spot the spot yeah even seeing fish like where you're like i can't catch them dude two weeks ago i rolled up on a school i ended up catching like a five and a four but like dude i saw another 10 down there and the reality was unless i was going to spend eight hours and grind it to the death I wasn't going to catch some fish, dude. Yeah. I, mean, I would have had no idea without that forward-facing sonar. I don't know. It. I like it. It definitely is disabling um, without it. Um, but at the same time, like, it, it, nothing ever goes backwards. You know, I, I've had enough. We're, we're a cool group because we've seen the, the internet come, how things kind of move forward, that yep. transition. And the one thing that you can make very few generalizations about it, but the one generalization that I can make is nothing ever goes back. Things might recycle and get reprocessed, but nothing, once it happens, yeah. bro, there's no freaking rewind. You know? yeah, yeah, nobody's ever going to be like, no, okay, forward facing was great, uh, but yeah. it's too good, so we're not going to use it. So well, things a lot of people, yeah, A lot of people say history repeats itself. History never repeats itself, but it always rhymes. It always what? It always rhymes. I like that. That's yeah. history. That's history never repeats itself, but it always rhymes. And the gist of it is history never, nothing's ever the exact same, but it's similar. Exactly. There's certain frameworks. and Like we were talking about systems, you know, like the, this mm-hmm. traditional marketing system. It gets re-implemented. It's, it's a slightly different format, but you yeah. can see the feature of, of what it was. So like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. It's, I really like it because my whole thing that it's always been is, is learning what they're doing in the great unknown, whether I can catch them mm-hmm. or not, like understanding and seeing that. And this forward facing deal, like as we get more and more into it, the other thing on a completely another dimension, um, I think it's cool because this whole integration of technology draws more people into the sport. The reality is kids like video games. Hell, I like video games, dude. I'll go play Call of Duty and whack a bunch of Russians and have a good time. You know, (laughs) Mikey's on there cussing out 12-year-olds because they're whooping his ass. (laughs) 2 o'clock in the morning. 
I'm old school though. I play the campaign. I need a, I need a <laughs> experience, dude. Like, oh, he's like too scared video. to face the community. Yes, I refuse to face the community. It's like, Jesus, dude. Please hashtag this video with hashtag community. Please. Like, that'd be <laughs> but but the deal is just like I want to bring more people in. You know, I do yeah, make yeah. money in this industry and I love it. Like, I love fishing. Like it's been an outlet for me. It's gotten me out of a lot of stupid shit. It's given me a direction in many regards. Um, so I want to see it grow because like, I don't want it to, to disappear. And the only there there's either growing or dying and I don't want to see it die. Mm. And so this sort of integration of technology and stuff brings in new users, new, new people, because they see things that they're interested in or, or like sort of context, you know, video games, technology, using different, I, I don't even know what the right word is, but they see facilities that they can relate to or mediums that they can relate to because they're doing things like that and in other things that they enjoy. And they're like, maybe I should try that because that seems kind of like that, but in a different way. And I think this sort of integration of technology and fishing provides that because we're not, there is no rewind here. We're not going back. There's going to be more and more technology stacked upon technology integrated into everything we do, not just fishing, but people are going to relate to that more. And, and hopefully it's going to grow that experience. It's going to change it. There's no doubt. I see those comments all the time. This is bullshit. We used to catch them doing whatever. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> and you can still do that, you know, like have fun with it. But like, it's never going to go backwards, dude. And, and I don't yeah. think it's a bad thing because it brings different people in and, and it grows the audience, the community um, for, for what we love to do. And, and I, I, I'm not in the, you know, the, the industry, but I hear a lot of people talk about the industry and about what technology is going to do for new baits and lures coming in. And so they're talking about, you know, there's going to be sooner than later, a wave of new lures that are going to be hitting the market that are going to be geared towards the forward facing sonar technology. Dude, to me, that's exciting. That, that maybe we're going to get some new lures that are coming up that we've never seen before. There's this copy, you know, it, lure lure building and making is a copycat thing. And that's it. That's what it is. I mean, you, yeah. you can only create something, but we're actually going to actually get to see some of the, some new lures come in and how to fish them and how to, how to target fish. And that's, that's exciting to me as well. Well, it's something that I've talked about on another podcast because with every, development and technology you see like it creates a problem right and mm -hmm. and like anglers are all about solving problems any industry is about solving problems like that's what happens as things grow like there's seams that break little things kind of evolve that, that need to be addressed and i i personally think and i've said this on some podcasts there's going to be a whole range of lures that develop specifically for this mm -hmm. forward-facing sonar because there's a yep. whole range of fish especially up here, like on deeper lakes, suspended fish that literally have not been targeted. And like in order to catch them, yeah, you can throw a swim bait, you can do this, but there's all these little nuanced things that you can do where we don't have the, the tools yet to, to, to do it fully. And that develops just like the whole swim bait industry. You know, there's this whole niche swim bait thing. Like that little cottage industry is going to develop in regards to forward-facing sonar as well, which is cool. And then what's going to happen too, just like an A-rig, just like swim baits, you know, it gets saturated and then you have your community that, that really gravitates. Hey, there it is. There it is. 
I screw you need a bell or something. We'll call it the Mikey Balls Bell. It'll be every bullshit millennial turn. <laughs> but but you know, like things develop, they peak, and then they're then they sort of they sort of plateau and they, they stay playing a role, but maybe not as integral. Um, this one's gonna last a while because there's mm-hmm. a lot of space for development in regards to this uh but but yeah they and that's the cool part too everybody bitches about oh well you can see him and catch him well they forget about exactly what you're talking about dude is all these baits that that will develop because of that all this sort of cool shit that like like youtube's an example of that like all the technology with cameras getting cheaper and more consumer pricing we wouldn't be able to do this if it weren't for that that movement, that evolution, based upon another technology coming in and disrupt disruption. Disruption is a good word, right? Yep. yep. Disruption is a good thing, dude. I don't care what you think of Elon Musk, but like disruption is good for people. Listen, if there's one thing Mikey Balls is known for, it's disruption. Yeah. It hasn't <laughs> got me anywhere. Hey, hey Mike, are, are, are you are you involved with any bait making stuff or design or anything like Not that? Not really. I mean, I'll screw around, dude. I just don't have any time. Uh, I'll be honest with you. If I if I worked like a normal job and didn't try to do the things that I do and, and work for myself, because I can never work for somebody anymore. Once you've worked for yourself for a couple of years, dude, like. I'm not. Hell yeah. Like, fuck that. Um, but if I had more time and more of a structured schedule, I'd probably play around in my garage, like pouring lead and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I will play. The one thing that I do do is everyone's He said do do. He said do do. Yeah. Just let a dog do the show on the rug. That'd be terrible. <laughs> it's all hot and smelly. But, but, you know, every once in a while, I think we all get epiphany kind of oriented experiences where you're like, dude, you know, a good example is that magnet. I didn't develop it, but like right. I was early, oh, I, you I was champion early on. That. You champion that. And so like little things like that, where you make like a little tweak to a presentation, you play with something, you develop it in a certain direction, make it a little more specialized. Um, I, I like doing that kind of stuff. So you don't have you haven't had any bait makers or swim bait guys reach out to you and say, "Hey, would you like to help?" I played a role in. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gambler, but Gambler came out yeah. called the yeah. Power Ned. Um, so one of the challenges I had, and and I'll give credit where credit's due. JT was doing this with little mini Neds that didn't work right off the bat, and then he kind of had nickels develop one, but there was never one. I caught a lot of fish using these little crap jig heads with really stout hooks and really light ones um, on Okeechobee fishing grass. And I'm like, dude, a Ned would work, but there's literally no way to fish a Ned on braid or even 20 pound fluorocarbon around this yeah. grass. And uh, so we kind of worked together. Val, the guy that owns it, super cool dude, um, in developing that power Ned because we needed something that would have no slippage, you know, on the on the stick bait um, that had a little stouter hook um but and then a bigger brush guard so i helped to kind of design that and um develop that and stuff like that i did what was that the ned rig and and i know you make a lot of videos but this was you were fishing on like a rock ledge or something with boats stacked up with you this is a video last year i think you made and you were catching smallmouth on a ned rig no that's the so there's there's two neds that i use it's a nickels ned and they actually use a little heavier hook for the most part on some of their stuff, 
Um, and then that's the one I'll use for more open kind of cover. Like there can be a little bit of wood down there and stuff, but it will hang. Um, this one is one that I use more for like grass, uh, pre-spawn pitching like trees and stuff that are on the mm. bank. Literally, mm. dude, I can pitch this into a tree fall just like you would like a half ounce jig and mm. walk it right out with eight pound test, dude. No shit. So, yeah. Mm. So it kind of, it's a, it's a specialized lure. Like, you know what I mean? It fits a certain time need kind of deal, but, um, but no, that's dude. If there's two neds to get like that power Ned and the nickels, they make a, a real small one for like spots and smallmouth, like with a, t- a tiny, more traditional hook. And mm-hmm. then they make an egg net that I use for open water. And then that gambler one, that's all I use. I've tried a bunch of them. Do, hey, do you have a place where any listeners you hear <clears throat> them to to go buy from? I mean, if they want to go on the videos, I try to link um, everything that I talk about to Tackle Warehouse. Mm-hmm. I love Tackle Warehouse. Those guys are punk rock, dude. One thing that, like people don't know about Tackle Warehouse is the guys that run it are the coolest dudes, like straight up punk rock, California. They're good people. And um, I try to link stuff through them uh, whenever they have it. Or local shops. Like I got a video coming out with a new, uh, new swim bait in it that's badass. Um, it's just a little bit different, but it's actually only available at Gunnersville Tackle and Outdoors right here. Mm-hmm. I didn't design it or anything like that. I've just been using it to catch and fish. And, and that's what's cool because I don't create a bunch of relationships. Like, I create relationships, but I don't do a bunch of pay-to-play shit. Um, I have some relationships with people that I really like, and it's it, a lot of it's about the relationship. Like, I like them. They're cool people, and they make good products. Um, but – I use whatever the hell I want to use. And I've always, to my detriment, once again, I've always preserved that because I want to use whatever I want to use. Like, I want to try different stuff. So, and, and you know, that's the, kind of back to the whole beginning of this podcast talking about your, you know, what you're doing with your YouTube is that's, that's the authenticity part of it is that, you know, you're, you're going to use the lures that you want to use. And if it's, Mega Bass or Norman or uh, Strike King, whatever it is, or <laughs> you're going to use those, and I, I, I think that's what lends a lot of people to to be focused on your stuff. Is you're not you're not pushing a product. Uh, yeah, so if I'm being totally honest, I couldn't do that. I, I, I'm not going to lie. In the past, I tried to to do some product videos mm. like that. And dude, they turn out like shit. <laughs> like I was like, I can't do this. It is not like something in my personality that I'm able to do, and and it's not something that I want to do. Because in the end, like I said, I don't make a ton of money off this stuff. I like doing it, and I've always protected it as a passion project, as something I enjoy to do. And if I give up that kind of control, it's not going to be fun, and I'm not going to want to do it. You know? Wow, that's awesome. All right. Well, out well. You got anything else? You got anything else, Alex? Or we yeah, ready? Really my boy. So we, we better wrap this thing up, dude. We shot there we go. Yeah. There we go. Oh, no more. The, the one time, the one time, his, girl, his girl Alex, coming in, dude. Yeah, this the is one time. Alex's time to shine, and he's fucking frozen. Hey, turn <laughs> your camera off for this, Alex. <laughs> There you go. All right, Mikey, can you hear me? Yes. All right, all right. So uh, we we have uh, this show has no segments except for oh, did I fuck up again? No, you're good. 
All right. So here's our only thing with the shotgun rise that Rizenberg's. Uh, oh my god. So, uh, Alex, is Alex. he asking me to take my pants off? Because I'm not down, dude. <laughs> I'm not there. We had a great time, but I'm, just, I'm not there. Dude. Alex, Alex, this isn't Drunkwood Inky. He's not getting undressed. Sign off and sign back in. I'll, I'll start this. You sign off, sign back in. Let me get to my notes of. So, when he was gone, um, Mikey, he sent me a list on, on our phones, and it was the. While Alex is is gone, Paul don't fuck up list. <laughs> and there he is. All right. All right. All right. All right. So shotgun around. You ready, buddy? Oh God, yeah. Fire away. All right. Oh, so we want rules. here the rules. When we ask a question, you answer. There's no thinking. There's no umming. You say that. You say your answer, and then we're gonna chastise the shit out of you afterwards. That's good because I'll fire back, boys. I got I got a whole arsenal in my back closet. It's love it. Love wonderful. It. All right. Wacky or Texas? Both. That's stupid. That's a stupid question. I'm gonna fire at <laughs> you first. <laughs> Our first question is a stupid ass question. I love it. Fuck yeah. All right. All right. We already got a politician. He's taking both. Gotcha. Um crocs <laughs> or flops? Oh, flops, flops. Ugh. Ugh. You can tell yeah, his yeah. ass ain't never been in no kayak. Well, He's in Florida, you know what? obviously. I've never actually tried Crocs. So, uh, listen, totally, am I missing? We're going to send you, I've got some uh, Bass and Brews patent pending Crocs. I really fucking don't. I'm just lying. Um, but uh, Crocs are better. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I'm open. Now, let me ask you this question because I am yeah. cheap. Do you gotta buy Crocs or can you get like generic junk ones? No, you can get the knockoffs, bro. Yeah, right. Right. The cheapest, the cheapest shit you can put on your feet. But okay. this is also coming from two kayak guys, and I'll tell yeah. you, when I go fishing on my buddy's boats, I wear my flops. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I normally on boats I wear flops, but if I'm in the kayak, it's Crocs because we got. You want to know how ghetto I actually am? Let me mm-hmm. hold on. <laughs> Let's so we, we we got a Cody Van Zant. He's gonna come back with nothing. No, no <laughs> socks, no trucks, no shoes. So check oh, this out. I'm like super lame. So I, I hate buying shoes. I like hate yeah. it, dude. And I'll find a pair of shoes that are like comfortable. I'll wear and I and I won't spend more than twenty five dollars for a pair of shoes. Like <laughs> kill me, you know. Like I'm not doing, dude. Dude has four facing sonar, but like, won't pay more than twenty five bucks. Dude, but you shoes. remember like pay less shoes and shit. Like <laughs> yeah, I was I blown up on that, dude. Like that's. So check this out. So I gotta I put the I gotta put this hat on for this. Shit. Yeah, no, this fits. Know. This is perfect. I actually got a pair of shoes that'll probably match that. So it, when I. Okay, when I was a kid, my mom was always cheap about that. I moved to Florida. Like, my first trips, I wear flip-flops, dude. I got so sunburned under my toenails, my toenails <laughs> fell off. It was oh the worst ever. And I had fingernails fall Dude, sport <laughs> fun is no dope. Like, all these guys make fun of me for wearing sunblock. They can, whatever. So, in any case, Hell no, hell no. Look, time out, time out. Okay. Your, your sunscreen shit is the best thing on the fucking internet for fishing because the skin cancer, uh, it is both. Mm-hmm. I love it. Your PSAs for sunscreen is the best shit on the internet. I don't give a fuck how much people pick on you. Your ass ain't getting a melanoma cut off your nose. Well, who knows? Even if it looks like you're in a bunch of those, uh, 
never mind. Those are different. Dude, they're calling ones. me Tony Montana and shit. You know, like, it's like, no, dude, it's zinc oxide. They're like, sure it is, bro. Is that what they're calling it these days? Like, whatever. All right, so, your $25 shoes. In any case, so like two years ago, prior to COVID, dude, I'm an Amazon troll. Like, I buy cash <laughs> off of there, cheap Chinese shit, because I am cheap, dude. Amanda so, would hate you. You what, need to be what? on wish.com. It's closed now. Anyway. So in any case, I'm trolling Amazon. I bet I buy a pair of shoes for 22 bucks. I'm like, these are kind of cool, whatever. So, dude, I keep trolling them and keep these other shoes in my cart. I'm like, dude, they're like 15. I dude, I bought like seven, eight pairs of shoes. The same, all different, but the same. They're straight out of China. I have like four more pairs in my cart. <laughs> I hate buying shoes, but dude, they're so out of China. I don't know if you guys can read this, but it says, will will Hold fifty four hundred pounds. Dude, dumb. <laughs> but dude, they look halfway cool and they're comfy. And literally, I'm burning through a pair, and I'm like, "You're done." And I go grab another one out of the closet. Dude, oh. and in the end, so they went to close out before COVID. I bought three pairs. I shit you not for twelve ninety nine, dude. Eat hey, a dick, I- boys. Eat a dick. I won't. I want to know what these shoes are. Four hundred pounds. <laughs> Look, I want to. I want to know what these shoes are because my wife will see a charge at Sheets for six seventy five and be like, "I saw your ass went to Sheets today. What the hell are you buying?" I want. I want to have a twelve ninety nine charge to Amazon, and she get mad. I'm like, I bought eighteen pairs of shoes for twelve ninety nine. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I like I'm super easy going for the most part. I you know, everybody's got their their quit like their things yeah. that piss them off. It takes a lot to piss me off, but like one thing there's certain things I just don't like dealing with. I got so much shit going on, and one of them is shoes. Cause dude, I literally used to I'm a Walmart kid too. I used to buy shoes from Walmart, dude. They were fine. Like they were dude, all those like under they're all fancy and expensive. Dude, they last like Freaking six months, just like my Walmart shoes. But, but I, I was like a I was a roses kid. I was a rosy kid. Roses kid. Was roses? I mean, it is the redneck version of Walmart. If you yes. can believe it, dude. I'm <laughs> so so the shoes thing. I hate buying shoes and finding them and finding ones that feel okay. So I'm like, dude, I saw those and I'm like, bam, 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 climb me a river, dude. And we are going to get a, we're going to get a link, Alex. We're going to get a link for these shoes. They're gone. Yeah. I bought them all, dude. Oh yeah, my that's God. That's the best part. I'm so Wisconsin, dude, because we're all like frugal and all that. Do you know how much the exact pairs of shoes I have in my closet are now on Amazon? $49.99. Hey, what size do you wear? Uh, like nine and a half or ten. I'll I'll send you twenty five dollars for a pair to try. No, no dude. <laughs> a limited resource, dude. <laughs> actually, right, as man. long as we're gonna go into this, you want to know how get out? Actually, yeah. so I, I jog a lot. Like I, I have a workout schedule. I like to jog, and I we used to live down in in the city, you know, in, in South Florida. And what I like to do, so I work behind a computer for a majority part of the day if I'm not fishing. Mm-hmm. One of my outlets was, you know, I like to eat okay food. So, like, I'd go to the store and get, get like, some groceries, but I'd bike there. So, I'd just go with a backpack, you know, go buy stuff to make a salad, stuff to make chicken, whatever, dude. So, like, we're in the city. I'm freaking biking down the road, and there's shit everywhere. You know, it's the city. There's trash. 
So there's a freaking shoe, a Nike shoe on the side of the road. Yeah, dude, I should never tell you this, but I'm going to. Nike shoe. I like look at it, stop, you know, it's like in decent condition. I like look at the thighs. I'm like, fuck, dude, it's a nine and a half. That's bad. I'm like, but it's only one shoe, right? I throw it back to the side. I bike home. Dude, a day later, me and the girl go on a pleasure bike ride, right? We're on the other side of the road. Motherfucker, I shit you not. The other pair, that shoe. I'm like, holy shit, gold mine. Dude, I go grab the shoe we found. I put it on my foot. That joke is fits boy so we go we make a roundabout go to where i saw the other part of the pair i grabbed that joker i had running shoes, nike name brand running shoes for a year and a half baby how about what, it how about what, it boy? what 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 how what did your girl how was your what was your what was your girl's reaction to all this oh she's all about it she's just as cheap as me dude <laughs> I mean, is it your relationship? She's like, she's like motherfucker, yeah, we picked up that other shoe the other day just in case we found this one. Now we got to waste fuel to go find the other shoe. Yeah, but I mean, it was a part. Of, it's almost like connect the dots, dude. It's like when you're about to win, you're like, holy shit. It's all coming together, right? Like, it's like a oh star bright, star, starlight, star bright when you get those last few to put in. Oh, dude, it, it, was, it was a big deal for me. Dude, because yeah. that pop. Like, I, I don't want to harp on it too much. I'm in a very good place financially now. I don't make a ton of money, but like, I don't, but that's when I got to fix my truck, I don't have to worry about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And dude, back then, <laughs> like 300 bucks, I need to get new tire. Like, dude, I was bad. And I'm trying to shoot the videos, I'm trying to build a small business and like do this work. Like, it was, it was tight then, dude. And I, you know, part of the deal is, you know, my upbringing was very fruitful and, you cut corners where you can cut corners. And I had jogging shoes for a year and a half. Listen, hey, but my first I'm year of being car fighter in South Carolina, my bunk baits, I, I was poor as fuck. I didn't have no money. They called me Depression Paul. <laughs> and it was because when, when we made when we made sandwiches, I took a, a my two pieces of bread. There wasn't nothing, no mayonnaise, no mustard. Like the, we had our own shit. Yeah. No mayonnaise. I put one single piece of meat. I'd break the cheese slice in half and put <laughs> and put it on their side and put on their caddy wampus. So at least I got a bite of cheese out of two thirds of the sandwich. And I put <laughs> it on there. And and they would have like glasses of pickles and shit that, that would be done. And they go to throw it all up like, whoa, 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 whoa. I take the glass, the pickle jar, and I'd rinse it, wash it out, and that was my cup because I had a lid on it. And I could, and I could use it not to do that shit. But but I would go fishing, I would go fishing and catch a mess of damn fish and come home and cook the fuck out of them and show them boys how to eat in South Carolina. But yeah, they called me Depression Pole for two years because I was I was I was poor as shit. I spent all my money on my damn engagement ring for my wife. Uh, Matter of fact, money yeah, I didn't have. It. it builds character, dude. You know, well, you always remember where you came from and freaking what it took to like get there. Hey, absolutely. So, I, yeah, I got a buddy that takes robo worms, and when when the top of that robo worm is split, yeah, he throws yeah. it in the boat. I'm like, I'm over here in his boat. This is two weeks ago. This ain't like. <laughs> Years ago, I'm over there picking the robo worms up and putting them in my pocket. 
Because <laughs> I can snip, I can snip that sixteenth of an inch off and use them robo worms at least ten more times as long as they don't fall off. You need to get in my boat because I'm definitely an elitist now, dude. I'm fucking broke. <laughs> shit out of <laughs> Right, Look, but yeah, and I mean, yeah, but I got max sense. I will yeah. start hooking from the back end on my oh, yeah. shot. I mean, you know, but you can figure out some fun stuff like that. That's one thing where it's cool. Where being, I, I had a guy that gave me, he got a boat, and the boat, the guy had left some baits in it. And I shit you not, did you guys ever watch those old videos where I had the trauma motor on the John boat? Mm-hmm. Catch it with the big one. So if it weren't for him, you'd have never seen those videos because mm-hmm. I was in college. I had no money. I didn't know how to manage the little money that I had. And he freaking gave me, he's like, dude, will you use these? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, I got nothing. <laughs> and he gave me, that it was like a box of, um, what's a Zoom Speed Cross. And they were in the most horrible colors, dude. Like some turquoise fucking rat shit color, you know, and like all kinds of garbage. And, dude, I threw them religiously, not because I thought they worked, but because they freaking, that was what I had, dude. Mm, and they worked. Yeah. They worked. And, freaking, dude, if it weren't for him, <laughs> those videos would never. One percent of the time does fucking color matter. If those bitches is eating, they're going to throw yeah. anything you throw in their face. All right, let's get on. This, yeah, I've totally got, scuttled your shotgun around here. You no, did. No, 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 no. no. This is it, what it, happens. In the most wonderful way. <laughs> This is why I told you, you have to give us a, a warning when it's time for you to fucking leave. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta one. go. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of food, um, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? I'm open to it. Yeah, my man. I love it. <laughs> this I, is the I most political answers listen. we have ever gotten. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm so relative. It's terrible. Listen, <laughs> I live in New Jersey and uh, it's a home of pizza and I will fuck with some pineapple on it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no answer. Um, no, no, fuck that. Again, more on food. Do you eat largemouth bass? No. <gasps> okay. Paul's really upset. Paul thought he had a connection and now it's broken. So I'll throw a little back. We're not related. We were related when you're from Cedar Cedar Lake, but not anymore. You're well in Wisconsin. They eat everything, and and it's it's bad, and I don't like it. The other thing I'll throw in there too, I would maybe keep some. uh, We call them spec. What do you guys call them? A crappie. I I would maybe keep some crappie or something from time to time. But we were talking about how the the videos are are like creating an issue. So my schedule is if I go out fishing, you know, crack house of dawn, whatever, get out there, do your thing. I'll fish till dark or whatever it is. I get home and I pull what you're actually failing at, but is pulling the videos off the camera, you know? So I'll do it. I'll do that <laughs> part. And, and by the time I get done with that, that it used to take longer because I was doing a different format, but I have three or four cameras that I'm running. It takes 45 minutes, dude. And like I try to be polite with the girl to an extent, you know, like and like she wants to eat dinner and stuff and take a shower and and like literally, dude, it'll be nine o'clock before I'm even like beginning looking at emails from work or stuff. So I don't even have time. Like cleaning fish, like dude, no. I got one camera, and in two and a half days, I have yet to pull any footage. So you can relate, dude. That's no, that's operator on Paul's fault. (laughs) You know what? Fuck you, Alex. Fuck you. All right. Um, when you I only catch speaking... one fish, when you only catch one fish to make a video, it's pretty fucking easy. Listen. Wow. Uh, 
real quick before we go on, again, if you guys want your YouTube videos reviewed by Paul, fucking uh, <laughs> send an email. He'll roast you apart. Uh, he did it to me, and it was wonderful. That's but, actually a uh, good concept, dude. Well, it's, like, it's, it's, the review, it's the it's the review. It's the the um uh shit. What's it called now? I can't. Oh, the uh, reaction video. <laughs> So yeah, I've done some, we're just roasting somebody, dude. Well, so I've done some reaction videos to some people, and I need to do more. I hadn't had time recently because I I also own my own business, but I hadn't had time. But it's reaction videos, and and yeah. it's just you know, it's watching you catch fish yeah. and saying funny. He's shit really on. nice to most. I would let, he, I would he give fucking you, roasted me. He roasted dude, me. I will give you a, a, like some videos to do that. You can even put them up on your channel. I think that'd be funny as shit, dude. You don't have Done. to give it to me. I I can I can record it, <laughs> watching it live. From your YouTube to put it on mine, you don't have Please to do, anymore. dude. And no yes. holds barred. I will highlight that shit. I would be all right. Well, all right. Well, so my next reaction video is going to be a Mikey Balls, and and you just posted one right before we came on. I saw my little notification from YouTube come up, so I'll oh, do. It'll roast me hard too because it's not getting any views or anything. So you can hit me on the video <laughs> on the video. <laughs> And it's something I don't watch it beforehand. Like when I'm watching it, it's, it's real, real time. Hot. First time I've ever seen it. Oh, that's hot. Please do. Please do. All right. Uh, one more eating one. Uh, have you ever eaten beaver? No. All right. Oh, oh, oh. You, you well, mean. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, no, no. For real, though. Just so everybody knows, Mikey Balls is episode. Mikey Balls is episode sixty nine, and he answered yes. Been there, done that, buddy. The the question is for real because I'm I'm from the south, and I've eaten a lot of damn animals, and I have eaten the beaver that swims in the water, and it's fucking delicious. But we ask this question because some people have eaten the real beaver, but most people are like, did they, did they, did they just did really they ask that? me that? Like my did I answer that? this or no? Your not? reaction was the best. No. And then you went, wait, what wait. show am I on? <laughs> Don't worry. Only right. negative seven people are going to watch this shit or listen to it. So you're good. Oh, I don't give a fuck, dude. I agree. <laughs> Um, uh, all right, so if you're out, you're out fishing, you're fishing for three hours, uh, would you rather have one seven-pounder or five two-pounders? I think right now probably one seven-pounder. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I'll take it. That's a, I, listen, we've had a mixed bag on that one. That's uh, mm -hmm. Usually That's the tournament question. guys. Usually the tournament guys want, uh, when we talk to tournament fishermen, uh, they want the, you know, the, the full bag. No matter what it is, so I like it. I've been I've been catching a lot of chunks, like three to five pounders, and I think I caught like a seven. I caught two sevens in the past three weeks, so it's actually been good. It's been fun for numbers in that, but like there are definitely some times in this area because I don't know this time of year. I'm pretty good, um, but there's times of the year where I'm like, dude, give me a bite, give give yeah. me a sign, you know, like. <laughs> In that case, I'll take the two pounders because I just want to know what the hell is going on. I'll take a seven pound catfish right now if you can give it to me. Yeah, dude, <laughs> shit ton of those jokers, dude. Those are the ones I need to eat, dude. I have an affinity 
for catching some catfish. Like when we get on some ledges, I'll be fishing with my buddy. He'll catch a three pounder, a four pounder. And I'm like, woo, I got one, dude. And it's a freaking like 40 pound flathead. And I'm like, holy shit. Why did he like, what? Yeah. So, uh, so Sharon Harris is my main lake where I fish and I'll get out there with a damn drop shot catching bass after bass after bass. And then I, you know, I catch one and and these are, these are semi deep for us. So they're, they're 15 to 18 feet. And when they're that deep on that drop shot, you know, they, they're not coming up right away. The bigger ones, the bigger bass. And I'll catch a catfish. I'm like, Oh shit, this is good. But now when I record the videos that y'all will never fucking see because I can't get them on the computer. I'll, I'm, I'm fighting. I'm like, damn, this feels like a catfish. It could be a big bass. Feels like, and pull it up, and it's fucking six, seven pound catfish. It took me ten minutes to get it up on the damn drop shot and shit. I'm like, you motherfucker! And it gets in the kayak and it's yep. flopping yeah. all around and shit. It's just a damn cluster. All right, next question. All right, uh, you're gonna spend more on a rod or a reel? Reel. What? Man. My man, there. I, oh, this is surprising to me. Really? Especially the new ones, dude. Like yeah. you can fry the new reels like in no time, dude. Like it's like right now. I used to buy my 200ds, my Shimano 200ds, the Corados, and I used to get them on clearance because they stopped making them. And I think I got like four or no, I got like five or six of them for like 120 dollars. And Ooh. now to get a real that has the equivalent durability and lasting, like we're talking about a 250 to $300 price point. Yep. Like it's yep. ungodly. Now, dude, if you fish a lot of fluorocarbon and low impact stuff, utility reels, you can get in at a hundred, 120 bucks. But like the moment you put braid on it or try to do something like intense with it, them jokers, you give them six to eight months, dude, and they're dead. Wow. All right, Paul, did I miss anything before we get to the last one? Uh, hold on, let me get to my Paul Don't Fuck Up list. <laughs> I don't have my fucking notes up. So. Mikey, slow jams or hype music? Both. Sorry. You're not going to like it. I, dude, I make content. Dude. Oh, some moments man. are chill, some moments are... I got you. All no, right, it doesn't matter about your content. It matters about your life. Are you more slow <laughs> jam or hype music? Yeah, dude, but I'm all over the... I'm, I'm manic as they come, dude. Like, my life is literally, like, 100 miles an hour, zero miles an hour, or high intensity, zero intensity, or everything's great, everything's shit. Like, it's it's such a freaking yeah. roller coaster. That's, that's who I am. And to quote Joe LaBarbera, I have ADHD, and it has not been diagnosed, but I know I have it. And if it ain't boobies, it better be bass. <laughs> that was his quote when he said that shit. The greatest quote on bass and bruise. He did. All right, Alex, get into Mikey, I'm going to preface this in case Alex's internet fucks up again. This is the most important question wow. of this whole – we've been on for two hours and 30 minutes. This is the yep. most important. This shit can make or break your career right here and now. <laughs> it, it, we have had people on this podcast who have never podcasted again after this podcast. <laughs> we, have. we have had some people that are lucky to still have a podcast – that we'll get into they shouldn't know. It, that that probably should have ended it then but alex take it away all right uh every fisherman loves a sandwich what are your three favorite sandwich proteins like meat protein yeah it has to be a protein okay. not all all meats are proteins but not all proteins are meats okay i i like 
cheeseburgers every once in a while. So I guess it would be like ground beef. Um, okay. I like I liked turkey sandwiches. I eat a shit ton of turkey sandwiches. Nice. Um, Fuck yeah. And then I guess for for the sake of diversity, you can never go wrong with a classic tuna sandwich. Mm-mm. I think you're the way because you might have carp in that one. Yeah. <clears throat> I love it. I love it. We've Listen, had Mikey, cheese. Uh, I, I, We've had cheese. And uh, our, our buddy, our buddy, Bailey, told us spinach. Yeah. Oh, spinach sandwich would be good. Like spinach and mushroom sandwich. I did. I'll be honest with you guys. I eat some real man shit. Get the fuck shit. out of here. No, dude. I eat bitch food, dude. Right? Rabbit food. Like, I, I, like, I have a weird diet, but part of it is, like, I, I want to feel good and stuff like that. So I do eat some weird stuff. But simple stuff, usually. Well, you said mushrooms. That's a protein. Yeah. Spinach ain't yeah. a, a fucking protein. Yeah, it's not a dish. Like, yeah. Well, tofu. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the tofu sandwiches. That's that's a little much. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Ethan, right. two weeks ago, what did he say? Goose jerky or some shit like that? It was uh, phenomenal. It's not a great yeah, so As long as we're doing food, I'll tell you some crazy shit that I ate that was really good. And then I, I got a roll. But uh, my girl likes all kinds of like different food i like different foods too she took me to this vietnamese place dude and we used to have a really good vietnamese restaurant where i was in in florida and uh we never really found a comparable place and especially in alabama i'm like we're not gonna find it so we go and i'm looking at shit on the menu because i don't eat a lot of like carb stuff and that so like going Mm -hmm. to a freaking asian place is like kind of hard because everything's noodles and rice and shit Mm -hmm. dude they had green papaya salad with beef jerky i'm like this is my life dude it's literally like you know how they cut up carrots and like little spears like shredded carrots Mm -hmm. dude it's green papaya cut up like that and literally just beef jerky sprinkled in it and then it's got some like soy sauce freaking dress it's the shit it's everything that i ever wanted it's like a fruit vegetable meat freaking done and a big old pile of it i'm like this is the shit i'm in I'm in. I'm in. All right. All right. Anybody you well, want to Mikey. shout out? Yep. I know, but you know what? I do want to say thank you guys because I've been on a lot of podcasts. This uh-huh. one was fun. I, I had a lot Thanks, of fun buddy. hanging out with you guys. Thank you know, I like the no bullshit. Like, it's cool to talk about a, a wide range of topics with guys that are, I would say this with, with, with I don't know, with intelligent like but not even intelligent but like you guys are open and have a lot of different perspectives and i like that because i learn a lot from it because i want to get stuff out of the shit that i do and having these kinds of conversations is 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 a two-way road dude like it's cool to have these conversations because i'll go i'm gonna go work actually for a while but then i'm gonna go to bed i'm gonna think about this shit and i'm gonna take something away from it and i appreciate that so thank you guys for having me on well thank you thank you and i think i appreciate it uh, yeah, really, dude. I, I think the best thing is when you're thinking about it. Uh...